Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. Greetings and welcome once again to another episode of the Retro-Reeves Octopus Podcast, the only show that celebrates all the things that make growing up awesome. We are part of the Dorkening and the MBR Podcast Networks, and as always, we are brought to you by Deadly Grounds Coffee, Coffee to Die For. I'm your host, Nintendo, and with me, as always, are my die-cast action figure cohorts. I guess we can call you guys that. Uh, Parasite Steve? Uh... We're the heroes in the half shell, actually. I would say, okay. retro in power some, in, in some retro, ways. Retro power. In, uh, <laughs> yeah, I just, I just want to say that. Okay. All right. Cool. Uh, and Aphid Alchemy. Play, laugh, grow. Those are the three things I think that we're probably all here to do. Ha 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 ha! We. Blorp, blorp, blorp. <laughs> and on this episode we have a very special guest with us tonight and that is mrs alchemy herself greedy how are you tonight i'm just a barbie girl living in a barbie world nice <laughs> i mean i mean heck yeah i mean there's like quite a few people who are living in a barbie world right now i mean that is true that is true. But still, i always thought that i always thought that song was saying boppy like I'm a boppy girl in a boppy world. Really? And then and then once I, I read the lyrics or like knew that it song was called Barbie Girl, I'm like, oh Barbie, Barbie. That makes oh my sense. God, I'm that like Boppy. Weird. I'm a boppy girl in a boppy world, like just bopping around. I'm like, what the fuck is this? I mean, song? It's just yeah, fantastic. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like the first time I heard it, you know, it's not like it was a long, a long misheard lyric, but it was just funny. I'm like, what is Boppy? Like what the crap? All right, so um, for tonight's episode, we are just going to talk about like some of our favorite toy lines from back in the '80s and '90s, and even maybe 2000s, depending on what we're picking on. Yeah. Um, so that'll be the we'll each have two picks, so we'll split that up into two halves, and then we'll have our octoponder, then our usual B segment by the Almighty Ape Alchemy. Oh my! And, uh, oh my goodness! The Almighty! Almighty! Wow! And uh, yeah, then that's that's just about it. So let's let's get started. So uh, I will not go first this time. Okay. I Bold. will. I will let Ape Alchemy go first. Oh man! Exciting. Mm-hmm. Well, I do want to say that I'm very excited to have uh, Mrs. Alchemy on on the podcast, yes. aka Greeny. Is this your first Green. time on the show? This yeah. Is my first time on the okay. show. Okay. I'm super nice. excited. Nice. Yeah. 
awesome. super fun. Yeah, Stuff's I mean, fun. you're in the group all the time, which is super fun to have. It just makes sense. The retroid. It makes um, sense. And this is yep. fun having you on the show. Yay. Yeah. Yay. And not to mention, uh, you're pretty much always like the person that I bounce stuff off of. Like whenever there's a new episode coming up, you're like, what's the topic? And then you help me like brainstorm stuff a lot. So um, this is just perfect because we were talking about it. I'm like, this is dumb. You should just be on this. This is great. Like you have yeah. you have all these great like, you know, wealth of knowledge of different kinds of toys. You know, all the stuff that you grew up loving and stuff like that are completely different. So uh yeah it just made makes total sense so there just want to start things off absolutely different flavor of retro yeah yeah totally yes nice. <clears throat> so so i'm going to start things off honestly i was i was super excited uh to get to talk about these so toy lines right um everybody i feel like you know growing up at some point in time has interfaced with fisher price um yes. fisher yeah. price toys i feel like are a lot of times known as being like for really little kids now um, but I'm just going to do a little bit of history and then go into kind of the toys that really meant the the most to me. Uh, so Fisher-Price is an American company that produced educational toys for infants, toddlers, and preschoolers. They were headquartered in East Aurora, New York. They were founded in 1930 during the Great Depression by Herman Fisher, Irving Price, and Price's illustrator and artist of a wife, Margaret Evans Price and Helen Schell. Uh, the name Fisher Price was established by combining two of the three family names. Uh, Fisher worked previously in manufacturing, selling and advertising games for a company in Churchville, New York. Price had retired from a major variety chain store, and Helen Schell previously operated Penny Walker's Toy Shop in Binghamton, New York. Fisher Price's fundamental toy making principles centered on intrinsic play value, ingenuity, strong construction, and good value for the money in action. Early toys were made of heavy steel parts. You know, it's the Great Depression when your toys are made of fucking steel. Uh, and ponderosa pine, which resisted splintering and held up well to heavy use. You know those childrens; they always bash say, the crap for, out for of their toddlers. toys. Right, <laughs> taught like mutant strength Hulk babies that are fucking <laughs> slamming these steel and pine tree toys. They will not break. Uh, the details and charm were added with colorful lithographic labels. Mrs. Price was the first art director and designed push-pull toys for the opening line based on characters from her children's own storybooks. Uh, in 1931, three of the four founders took 16 of their wooden toys to the American International Toy Fair in New York City, and they quickly became a success. That first Fisher-Price toy ever sold was Dr. Doodle in 1931. I am Whoa. not familiar with this doctor. I doubt that he has a license. Uh, but you know, I don't, I don't ever want to see a doctor named Dr. Doodle. It's too similar Dr. to Dr. Diddle, which is just so wrong. <laughs> and, all, <laughs> and also Dr. Doolittle. Mostly wrong. Yeah, really. Oh, oh yeah. Doolittle means Doodle, like, Doolittle. Uh, what am I paying you for, Doc? Right, right. Dr. Doolittle. <laughs> he does nothing. Uh, in the early like nine... the modern American healthcare system anyway. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Shit. Oh, shots fired. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> uh, so yeah, in the early 1950s, Fisher-Price identified plastic as a material that could be used to help the company incorporate longer-lasting decorations and brighter colors into its toys. Buzzy Bee was the first Fisher-Price toy uh, made using this newfangled plastic. Uh, during the nearly as much. 
No, no, but Hulk babies did still destroy them because <laughs> it's, you know, I mean, they're like 30 years old now. Uh, so they're just like Hulk adults. Um, I think they're that... just called Hulks. <laughs> oh, fair. fair, fair, fair. Uh, they're just a Hulk, not the Hulk. Right. Or, yeah, they're not incredible. They're just like the everyday Hulk. Um, during the 1960s, the Play family, later known as Little People product line of toys, was introduced and soon overtook the popularity of earlier toys. The Family House was one of the more popular Little People play sets, and Herman Fisher uh, would later on retire at the age of 71 in 1969, and the Quaker Oats Company would buy Fisher Price in 1969. So, like, the entirety that we've known in our living life, Fisher Price, they've been owned by the Quaker Oats Company. How weird is that? Wicked um, weird. Wicked no weird, idea. right? <laughs> uh, in 1991, Fisher Price uh, would regain its independence from the Quaker Oats Company. Okay, so it, it reverted. It reverted. Okay. Okay. <laughs> plot, plot. They're not Quakers plot. anymore. Yeah, they were Quakers, but as soon as I was born. They're uh, Mormons. They were not quite. Yeah, they're no. like <laughs> they're more Mormons. Uh, um, and so they became a publicly traded company. And then two years later, in ninety in ninety three, Mattel would buy Fisher Price. Uh, Mattel Electronics presents B seventeen Bomber. Bomber. <laughs> Bomber. Uh, Fisher Price introduced. So so I'm gonna I'm gonna now segue. From right, from that right. little history to what matters most, um, which is me and what I like. So okay. Fisher Price introduced Hi. the Great Adventures line of toys in 1994, which was the series that I just totally fell in love with, like hardcore. I mean, you know, as a child, I didn't have a choice in the things that I bought. Uh, so things were just given to me, and then I, I just subsequently loved them. Uh, but this this Great Adventures line was amazing. They had these huge play sets. They called them bases, like play bases, yeah. um, that were made and allowed for a lot of fun and imaginative different kind of ways to play with them. They had a ton of different adventure settings, such as knights and castles, pirates and ships, Egypt, Wild West, and even more kind of one-off random ones. Yeah. Um, and it was so I, cool. They were super cool. And they had so much detail in them. And I mean, honestly, the most fun was, you know, having all these different ones and playing with them together across them and, you know, building up your kind of just Fisher Price empire to be like, okay, well, I have all these different great adventure sets. And then you're just kind of doing all these different little, you know, games that you're making up in your head. So, uh, for, you know, first, first and foremost, uh, a lot of, a lot of these sets don't have like a spectacular name. Um, but so the, the Great Adventures Castle uh, was was like core, like paramount fucking toy importance. <laughs> this was a cornerstone of all playing was this Fisher Price Castle. And uh, it features a whole buttload of cool stuff when you bought this big thing uh, it came with a ton of knights you got you got a bunch of gold armor knights and black armor knights the gold armor knights were the good guys and the black armor knights were the bad guys uh they each had a king which i don't know if it was said in the toys but in the fisher price computer game that they made for the castle they had like a few computer games they did establish a couple of character names so the gold army's king was king mcbeard <laughs> oh, <fish. laughs> right. King okay. Mick 
Beard. Mick Beard. Mick Beard. And then uh, the the evil black armor king was King Smudge. Okay. Well, okay. King Smudge. King like, Smudge like, is better than Mick Beard. Oh, it is. <laughs> I know, but they're just so funny. And I feel like it was just like a bit of world building that like the computer game did. <laughs> that yeah. I swear to God, the toys aren't named. They're not named. They're just they just came with the castle. Right. Um. So yeah, the castle had a drawbridge. <laughs> it had a boulder cannon. It had multiple different levels. There were decals all over it that showed like food and tables and candles and decorations and stuff. Um. There was like a high tower that had parapets on it that could actually be a trap door and you could get an army, you could get a, a soldier figure to kind of fall in there and they would get trapped. And then there was a, an iron door at the bottom that you would like lift up to let them out. So fun. And it had like a moat around it or whatever. Uh, and then also part of this line, I'm kind of lumping it in so, because well, it sort so of before, fits. Before you move away from the castle, I just have to compare that to some some other similar playsets that came out in the eighties, because okay. we didn't pick them anyway. But my God, the play school one—I mean, the uh, Fisher Price ones were so much better. It's ridiculous. And these one, those ones, like because they didn't have like a cartoon. I think they're just like largely forgotten. So it's really cool mm. that you're shouting shouting them out. But I mean, like everybody knows in the entire freaking world. If you're into anything eighties remotely, you know Castle Grayskull. And Cra right. Castle Grayskull was like easily one of the must-have playsets of the '80s, and it is pathetic. Other than the front, <laughs> like the the, the blow-molded piece of plastic that makes up the front, is amazingly cool. But like, there really was almost no play value. Essentially, if you open that thing up, it's just like a clamshell, and it just has a working drawbridge. That's the mouth. Yeah, and then behind it, there's like essentially just a shelf on either side, and that's right. it. Right, right. You can like you can't really do anything. Well, there's it, like it, nothing to it. It says something for the durability of it because it is intended for you know kids to push around and and whatever. Whereas I feel like some of the the stuff that was more merchandise was like you know it's going to be kids who are more in the eight to ten range who are going to be buying this, not the four to five range that are going to be like, I pushed it over in the side of the room and I stepped on it. And I tried to shove my entire arm down the tower. That's so true. like Fisher That's price low key too. was building like diesel grade places <laughs> exactly. without meaning. That's, to. That's true too. I, uh, yeah, that, that's a really good point too. But I do, I do think that things came a long way mm. because Right. I think that um, like ten years, you know, twelve years difference. I, yeah, I don't. I don't know that five year olds weren't buying Castle Grayskull. I think they were. I think that you know, it's just a matter of like. It, I think it's more a matter of like, my God, fish it is Fisher Price, right? I keep saying Play School. Yeah, yeah Fisher, Fisher Price is like th they just made strides in that ten years or mm -hmm. whatever. But like all the play sets that were like of that size, like if you look at the. Like, look up pictures of the original Thundercats Cat's Lair. I remember thinking it was so freaking cool. I never had it. And I considered picking it today, like, for, like, something to talk about. But, like, it's super pathetic. It is so yeah. goddamn pathetic. I mean, like, I... I same idea. Like, it has a cool front. <laughs> and you open it up, there's nothing. Yep. <laughs> there's just no yeah, play yeah. value. 
I, I think mm -hmm. I think it's a hundred percent, you know, a combination of what you're both saying because yeah, you gotta mm -hmm. figure like these plastic sets were like probably blow molded and at the time they probably were just figuring like, okay, we can kind of do like a you know, a cool looking shape. And then the question becomes, well, what really, what features can we really do with mm. it? Because if it is a blow mold, like it's just going to be like, okay, well, we blew the plastic into that form factor, but how do you make it do stuff? There's and more Fisher engineering said, and stuff. Give it a cannon. Yeah. Fisher right, Price right. was like, get these super cool fucking plastic <laughs> boulders and a cannon on top with a, with a red lion sculpted firing mechanism mm -hmm. yeah. that you press down and it's a bam. Yeah fling yeah. those things oh my god and i'm god. sure you're so, right too about you know making them more durable i'm sure that you know that was part yeah. of the conversation well too. i i partially speak from experience really on that because i do distinctly remember having to help my brother remove his arm from the tower <laughs> like he did like, like instead of trying to like let like the i can't remember lifting the little what like you doing? Gate, the gate out yeah like he couldn't get it out it was like in the middle of the thing and it was like okay now that you've shoved your whole arm in you've knocked the toy out through the gate but now we have to try to get your arm out because the the platform that you would drop them in was like it was a circle that would just level over one way or the other so mm -hmm. it wasn't like a piece that you could just take off as yeah a young it would child. just kind of like swivel and then yeah, like kind of have like so sort of lock arm in and was like it was like a, a a one of the saw puzzles of like but if you pull your arm up too much <laughs> you're gonna scratch your arm going the reverse way right of the, the, you'll the, shred the your arm 100 <laughs> percent. because i um, had a yeah. i had a fisher price castle when i was growing up too so this was you know 10 years 15 years probably 10 years before uh yeah and I loved the ever living crap out of it. And it, it was also better than Castle Grayskull. Also had more play value. Um, but my God, the one the ones that you had and the ones you're still going to talk about were like, oh my God, yeah. leaps and bounds better. So, awesome. so cool. So anyway, yeah. just wanted so, to yeah, I mean, I went better. I, I had the girl one. I had the girl castle with like the different figurines. And I played with my brothers way more often because it was so much better. It's so <laughs> to be awesome. fair, it was the yeah. cannon. Yeah, yeah, the cannon. The cannon, the cannon, cannon is, is awesome. endlessly useful. Like you always cannon. find reasons to play with that. Um, so anyway, moving moving along. So the castle, um, there was like over the years. I think from like ninety four to ninety seven were kind of when all these sets were coming out. But the neat thing was that they didn't release them all in sequence. It's not like everything for the castle line all came out at once. So like a few years later, they would come out with different stuff that were relevant for the castle and new castles. And same thing with the, with like the pirates and stuff. So one of the things i'm just kind of grouping them by like category uh one of the later things they came out with for the castle was the giant and the giant figure oh, yeah. was awesome he was humongous and he was partially made of rubber he had some plastic elements too he came with a white eagle that would like perch on his backpack and they just kind of made him to be like a monster to fight which was super neat. I mean, they did make dragons. I didn't have any of the dragons or anything, um, but they they had this giant, and he had like this one big snaggle tooth, and uh, and if you stomped him around, he would like echo. Like they had like this this spring coil or something inside him that it would kind of sound like he was booming, you know, like he had this big kind of presence. Uh, loved mm. the giant a lot, uh, and then there was also the dragon tower, which came out later. And the Dragon Tower, Steve, I almost 
forgot this thing existed until I saw a picture of it. And I'm like, oh my god, yeah, it's this mobile fortress that's in the shape of this tall, like, wooden dragon with, like, metal plates on the side for eyes. And uh, it could shoot, like, red bolts out of the top. And it came with two of my... Two of my favorite nights came with this thing, which is just so much of the fun that I had was like deciding which nights were my favorite and making them pair up and do different little missions and whatever. So uh, the Dragon Master that came with the with the tower had blue armor and a red beard, and he had a silver dragon's mouth helmet. So it looked almost like his head was in a bear trap kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and he had these. He he didn't have a sword or anything. He had steel gauntlets. So this dude was just a fucking bruiser. Like he just walked up to the giant, just fucking punched him with these like steel gloves. And uh, I mean, I thought this guy was the shit. Right, (laughs) ye oldy one punch man, Uh, Renaissance Saitama. So uh, Uh, he also came with the giant. The giant's uh, so cool. His name is uh, Blundar, the giant ogre. Wait, wait, wait! No way. That's that's not. Maybe that's not official. That's what this uh, eBay guy says, anyway. Oh my god! So the package that it comes in does not say that. The package, oh yeah, the, the package found, just says giant. It just says giant. Oh weird. So where so the I hell did they get like... that name from? I wonder if that was, was also from like he wasn't in the castle game that I had, um, but he might have been in another one. So a ton Fisher of people Price... are calling it that. Yeah, that's maybe it's cool. maybe it's like in the maybe there's like a, a in little... the lore. Yeah, and the, the primer, you know, Fisher Price know, lore right? over there. Fisher Price deep lore. So <laughs> Fisher Price during this era was honestly prolific for coming out with computer games. Like I had probably eight or nine different computer games over the course of like the Windows ninety five era, but yeah. there was only a there was only I think the one that tied in with the toys, which was the the castle one. Um, and uh, anyway, so yeah, the giant was was awesome, and this dragon tower was the shit. So the dragon master yeah. also had an assistant who had again like this cool cobalt blue armor, and he had a sword and a shield. And the sword and the shield had actually the the dragon tower emblazoned on it so you knew you're like oh this dude goes with this like his shield looks like the dragon tower which was so awesome and man i played with these two guys a ton they were always like my like my my like uh my special ops guys you know it's like okay everybody else needs a whole army but the dragon tower guys like they're they're wicked good like they can just kind of do something on their own um but yeah i loved that um but anyway so that was like the castle kind of stuff i had and then moving on from there was the other huge pillar was pirates. Um, so the two like two core things that were from that that I had were the pirate ship and pirate island. So so the pirate ship was awesome. It also apparently you know what makes <laughs> what makes a good Fisher Price set is does it have a boulder cannon? Because the <laughs> ship had another boulder cannon. It so it's just fucking boulders out the ass, just shooting them everywhere. Oh, we had um, so many of those. They were I think we had like seven or eight of them because like I think we went to like um Salvation Army at one point and like there was a bag of like of the boulder just boulders. Cannon, oh of my just God. boulders. So we had a whole bunch of them. But we also had the pirate the boulder ship, booster. So like pack. you go back and forth. <laughs> Damn, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, so the ship had like a secret fold-out cannon, and actually the ship, the castles kind of was too. You could like fold it out from the front. Um, It also had, it had an upper deck, it had a below deck, it had a poop deck, it had a crow's nest, it had a moving captain's wheel. You could open up the back and actually go to where like the captain's quarters are. Uh, It had um, 
a figurehead at the front. And depending on when you bought it, the figurehead was either black or gold. And I had it in mm. gold. I think um, you did too. Yeah, but the original photos that I found today were all showing the plastic figurehead in black. I was like, oh, huh. interesting. I like the gold way better. Um, and then it also came with uh, five pirates that all had a variety of different weapons, swords, knives, blunderbusses, whatever, and then like a kind of captain type guy. Now, these pirates were cool. They had like red outfits and everything, and I, I liked them a lot. Uh, but then there was Pirate Island, which was a way smaller set. It was much smaller than the pirate ship. But honestly, this Pirate Island was probably my single favorite anything from Fisher-Price stuff that I had. And it was just like, I don't know why. It just it completely had all these fun little features. So it had this like skull rock that was, you know, this kind of rock looking uh, formation. And it had two eyes. But one of the eyes was covered with a wooden eye patch style swinging door. So it could like swing open and you could have a guy look out and then you could swing it closed. Um, it had a canal for a mouth that you could fit a little canoe under. It had a secret door with an X marks the spot. And if you open it up, there was a treasure chest inside. And I always used the treasure chest like friggin' everywhere to be like, you know, whatever the important thing is. So that treasure chest toy got like so much love. Um, and then also... Because, like I said, it ain't worth shit if it can't launch boulders. This pirate island had a palm tree that was flexible. And you could put a boulder in it and pull the palm tree back and fucking fling <laughs> a boulder oh, like, a wherever. Boulder a boulder yeah. pole. It was <laughs> right. It's like a trebuchet. And, uh, and it was just a tree. But all that stuff, super awesome. But it also came with my favorite friggin pirate guy it came with exactly one guy and he was only sold in this set he did not come in anything else and he had a purple bandana and a blue vest with a white shirt and orange pants and he had uh you know just a big pirate sword and i friggin loved this guy like he had a black beard and you know it was just all about the purple bandana and i always made this dude like a main character like this guy was always <laughs> main big cheese like he is my fucking hero guy. Yeah, like totally. He's always, always in it. But, you know, he doesn't have a name. He's just like pirate. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Um, pirate number one. Purple bandana. Pirate number one. Purple, purple, ba purple bandana. What was the name um, of the set? It's called Pirate Island. Okay. There's a there's a remarkably amazing website out there that has an archive of every Fisher Price set ever made. And most of them have actual pictures that were from when they came out of the boxes and everything. Um, and I, I was looking at that, you know, for a lot of different references. So um, moving on to get through these uh, also with the pirates, there was, there was a couple other bonus things that I had. There was a vehicle called the shark raft and the shark raft was just a, you know, a giant plank of wood and the front had this cool biting shark mouth. And then it had a catapult on the middle <laughs> that could launch like red explosive barrels and um, the captain of this shoddy vessel was a, a red-bearded pirate captain who had a blue coat and a, you know, proper captain's hat and a gun and a peg leg. So he was kind of like, you know, an alternate to the pirate captain that you got on the boat. He was Captain uh, McBeard. Right. <laughs> yeah, Cap <laughs> captain McBeard, not king. I'm not, I'm not a king no more. Uh, those days are behind me. So, um... So yeah, there was just a couple other uh, character packs that I had. So 
the uh, the final pirate related packs that I had. There was the Skeleton Mates slash Bad Bones Pirates, which was a three pack of the coolest figures that this pirate set had to offer. There was Captain Bone Meal, Spiny, and Ribs. And all three of them wore skulls on their faces. They had like skull masks on their face and they all were decked out in like black and white. They had all these different like bone and skeletal elements on them. Um, I remember that uh, I think Spiny was like a, was a white dude with blonde hair, but he had like a, a serrated bone sword. And then Ribs was like a black guy and he had a two-handed blunderbuss. Like he was one of the only figures that actually was holding his gun with two hands and not just like a pistol. Uh, and then there was the captain who had red hair and he had these big sideburns and he just kind of had like, I think he either had two guns or he had a gun and a sword. Um, but I loved loved the shit out of this trio and later on they clearly knew that they were popular so they re they released a two-pack later called the ghost raiders and they were just two recolors of of um of spiny and ribs but they glowed in the dark so all of their bone stuff now was this glow in the dark paint so you could actually get them to glow and i i remember i played that with the uh with the black light that we had in my room um, big time. So those were super cool. Uh, big time. So the last thing I'm going to mention for Fisher Price is the Robin Hood's Forest. So this was one of the random ones that they had. Now, I was looking today. There was an amazing Egypt set. There was a really cool looking Wild West set. Um, they did a lot of different ones that I would have loved to have, but I didn't know about them even as a kid didn't have any resources other than what happened to be at Toys R Us. So as far as I knew, this was all they had. But the Robin's Hood, Robin Hood's Forest set was extremely awesome. It came with five completely unique figures. You got Robin Hood, Little John, Sheriff of Nottingham, Maid Marion with a bow and arrow, and Friar Tuck, who just had a walking stick and a fucking haunch of ham in his hand. Like he his his accessories were just a fucking big he, old piece of well, meat. Well, yeah, because you know he's an overweight person, so he right. has to be reaching for food at all times. Exactly, right? it's, his, it's his it's molded We've come onto a long his way body. Since then, Friar Tuck can't have any other interests. He has a walking. He stick could have had a frying hand. pan, and then it could have been used for either frying bludgeoning tuck. or cooking. He is a friar. That is true. Um, but yeah, so the forest was really big, very detailed, probably the most detailed of any of them. Uh, it had a vine ladder. It had multiple levels with a forest floor, uh, a middle area with like treetop platforms, kind of like, you know, the Endor Ewok village. And then mm -hmm. way up high in the treetops was a whole other layer that you could also have different stuff going on there. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, just... Use your imagination, right? It's like you set all this stuff up. You have the castle on one side. The ship, you know, is how you get from here to there. You got the forest as part of it. And the whole thing was just like this Fisher-Price empire. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I've said a lot about this already, but I had a stupid amount of fun with these things. And then that was just using it within the confines of Fisher-Price. I also combined it with friggin' Pokemon toys and Steve, your battle beasts and, like, whatever. Like, other toys just came to be a part of it. And uh, it was super yeah. fun. But yeah, Fisher Price, man, they had it going on with the Great Adventure series. Yeah, they did. Awesome Love stuff. Yeah. And it's, it's really so cool. crazy because th they're, the whole draw, like I said, they didn't link it to a cartoon show. Right. So it really like wasn't about the characters. It was about the playset, just the playset itself. How much fun can you have with this playset? What does it matter 
if it's something you've seen in a cartoon. Look right. at it. Isn't it awesome? Right. Don't right. you want to play with it? And yeah. I almost honestly think that by making the characters non-characters, that allowed you to be more creative. I'm sure yeah. you had names for different guys and other people had their names for them and uh you know whatever you assign whatever character traits and roles you want you know it, it doesn't even matter so it's it's an interesting yep. other way totally other legitimate way of releasing toys and and allowing kids to have it be inspired to have fun with them um right really awesome series i, I remember playing with these with you a lot and yeah you were really into these very cool yeah i love that um i love that that robin hood forest honestly i was looking at it yeah. today it's like so cool it's, it's just super big treetops cool. it's like it's unlike every other playset. you all mm -hmm. it's always a castle or a base or a yep. vehicle yep mm -hmm. like this is a forest i mean i think that the ewok playset is probably the only other one that even feels similar that i can think of yeah Yep. And it just blew me away that because, you know, getting used to the pirates and the knights, you were starting to see a lot of like ones that were just kind of repaints or just had a slightly different weapon. Like the knights, I remember one guy had like a an, an axe that was, you know, like a halberd. One guy had like a chain flail and then there was plenty of swords and whatever. But it's like all five figures on the Robin Hood are completely unique new molds. They're not repaints of anybody. They're mm -hmm. just totally original for that set. And I loved all of them they added so much to like my my you know lineup of potential guys it just made it so much more fun but yeah i totally agree you know it seems like a lot of things now as you get older have to be related to some property um even they have at to the be time, some kind of even before it that's like that's yeah. that's what you know every cartoon show only existed everybody always says it because it was a half hour commercial yep Right. You know, I mean, toys. certain shows live and die like the show Young Justice specifically when it was originally canceled. It was because the toys didn't sell. So stupid, man. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. But um, yeah, I'll pass the torch from Fisher Price unless anyone else wants to weigh in. No, but it's a great line. Good stuff. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah. The Great Adventure series for sure. That nice. was what I knew. And they did have a pirate ship PC game, apparently, also for Windows 95, but I didn't have it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they, they tried to spin it off, but everything was generic enough that it's like, yeah, you could, you're just coming up with whatever on your own. Nice. Nice. All right. Mrs. Greeny. Oh, I get to. Okay. Yes. Right. Yeah, we'll keep the couples together. Oh, that means me and you are a couple, Nintendo. Aww, Aww, cutie! Aww. Aww, Uncle Cutie. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I initially was like, when 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 Eight Bit had brought this up to me, I was like, oh, you mean like Barbie? And talking about it, whatever. But I was like, Barbie had so many lines. Like there, there was. Yeah just the collector Barbies and, uh, and all these different types of Barbie lines. And so I was trying to think of one in particular that I distinctly remembered as having as a kid. And one of the things that I really remembered was the Kelly club. Um, so I did look up a little bit more on Kelly and realized as I was doing a little bit more of my research that I was like, Kelly was like my childhood, which was kind of funny. So um, Kelly was initially introduced in 1994, 1995, it was kind of shaky on what year she was introduced and what year the toy actually like was available, depending on where you were. Mm -hmm. um, and she was introduced 
with the um, bedtime set. So the reason that Kelly and, or if you look at Kelly and Stacy and Skipper, they're all sisters of Barbie because canonically Barbie cannot, is not going to get married and have children. Um, that's what Midge is for. That's why in the movie, pregnant Midge was so funny, but like Barbie can't be that person. So when they were trying to come out with, with more Barbie stuff, people were like, we need, Barbie needs a baby. And we're like, well, we're not going to give Barbie a baby. So they gave the, they gave her baby Kelly as, as the mm. like, Oh, she's, she's babysitting. This is her baby sister. Right, and the baby analog that it's like, right. okay, exactly. Yeah. So like, the the box of Kelly for bedtime Kelly says baby sister of Barbie everything that you need to feed dress and put Kelly to sleep. So when she was initially introduced, forever. <laughs> well, and it's so funny because honestly, like I was in going through and trying to figure out like the age of Kelly. Um, the stuff that comes in the box for for this first Kelly doll is like a rattle and a diaper and baby food, and she's like three inches tall and they're like yeah she's really supposed to be like two or three years old and i'm like no that that seems a little like age off um right. and so they started kind of aging her up afterwards so they actually released after that um and so i i had that first set i like i didn't realize that that was the introduction to kelly when i was a kid but I definitely had that set. And then I also had the doll that came after that, which was Tiny Steps Kelly. And so Tiny <laughs> Steps Kelly actually came with like a carriage. And when you like put, so that way Kelly could like push the baby carriage on her own. Um, and when you pulled it, her feet actually like moved. Like, like she made little <laughs> steps. So little she was walking. Tappies. So Kelly actually grew up a lot. Um, and so when the Kelly Club came out in 1999, um, they came out with all of Kelly's friends and you could get all these different types of, of quote unquote Kelly dolls, but they were actually the thing that I really liked about the Kelly dolls was they weren't all Kelly. They were all just small like Kelly, but they were all of Kelly's friends. So when, when I was talking about it, I'm like, the thing that I distinctly remember about this is that there was a poster that came with the Kelly club dolls that released um, in 1999. And so you could check off on this poster when you got the dolls. And so I had the poster at my, my great grandfather's house. It was in the closet in the room that I stayed in all the time. So it was, it was posted up on the wall in the back. So whenever I'd get a new Kelly doll, it was like, I need to move all the clothes out of the way and I need to start checking off my Kelly doll. <laughs> I got the next one. I got them all. Yeah, just part the clothes. You're like, Shink. all right, like my where's my box. Kelly checkbox? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I was so proud of this because I was like, I there were only two um, styles that I didn't have. Um, but they did. It was, it, it's about like 20 dolls. And some of them were just purely this one doll. So there was like um, Wizard Melody the Wizard. Um, there was Biker Baby Belinda. Which was her full like her name. hardcore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she came with like a little her bandana. Baby I, I, she, her baby she Belinda with a bandana and then on, a and like bandana was like stuck to her head, so you had to like go in and like cut the little plastic thing, so you could actually take the bandana off. And then, of course, it never went back on. <laughs> right, it's gone forever now. It was gone forever. <laughs> it's like, oh, I've made a mistake. This is it. 
Um, and then some of them were like, oh, here's um, like it was Princess Kelly, but then Princess Kelly was also available in a different skin tone. Um, and so there were a couple of them like that. So like I didn't necessarily have all the skin tones, but I at least was like, oh, no, I have a, a version of this. Um, and there were only two that I was missing. I was missing Kayla, uh, Dress Up Kayla and um, Kwanzaa Kia were the only two that I never got. But I had all the rest of them. And then the club continued on, but they didn't have like the poster, like the, oh, do you have this one? Do you have that one anymore? They just like mass produced these little dolls and were like, just, just go ham. And so then they would have like, there was a, a Scooby-Doo series that came out at one point. So you could get, what? yeah. Um, so, so where Kelly was um, Barbie's baby sister, um, they needed a boy version. So Ken has a baby brother named Tommy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so Ken has a baby brother named Tommy. I, I had oh. no idea that the lore was this deep. Oh, there was so much lore. The There's Barbie so lore much. that Steph has like imparted is <laughs> amazing. It really is. And it's just kind of like the through the ages, like these toys, they, oh they pay attention to themselves. It's kind yeah. of wild. Right. Well, and it's funny because they go through so many other like changes in general. Like some of them, the names have been swapped around. Um, swapped around. Some of them, um, some of them have been discontinued, and it's like, oh no, what happened to that one? Like pre Kelly, um, pre Kelly and Tommy, there was actually a set that was, um, I think it was Tootie and Todd that were supposed to be like twins, and they just went missing. Like that, like they just discontinued. There was no like, story. Hasbro's like, oh my god, what the fuck? You can't have. They can't have children. Abort. Get rid of them. So you know what this reminds me of? It's like all the lore for the Disney ducks that yes. was established in the comics, like in the fifties, by Carl Barks and such. And like certain things have made it into our like knowledge and Ducktales, and then our knowledge mm -hmm. and whatever. Like Huey, Dewey, and Louie. It's like okay, Uncle Scrooge. Okay, those are all the obvious ones. There's all these other deep dive things that are in all there. All these too. other connections. Yeah. Well, and that's just it. So like, so so Kelly, I was trying to find. I was getting frustrated, and I and I talked to 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 Apeit about this because I was like, I can't find when they stopped the Kelly Club, or at least the Kelly Club that I knew, because they just continued to release things so mm -hmm. but the last bit of the kelly club that like had the original kelly mold or kelly style that i grew up with was about 2002 2003 um and then they kind of started to change things up but then in 2010 kelly was discontinued in a sense <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean <laughs> so essentially um so, so Kelly actually had. You remember Biker Baby Belina? Yes, <laughs> she's the main timeline now. <laughs> yeah. No other actually, Kelly exists. So Mad Max. Far, <laughs> you are actually not far off because in the series, in the um, in the the original Kelly Club, there is Baker Chelsea. Kelly now goes by Chelsea, and they in the lore. Um, Kelly apparently was Chelsea's middle name and that's what she went by as a kid, but oh, she sure. changed yeah. it to Chelsea <laughs> and they changed it. And this is the fun. This was the fun little thing that I didn't know that I found out Retcon. in other, um, in Europe and Canada, um, there already was a doll named Kelly. Uh... So when they would have to, whenever she went out of the country uh, to one of, to either Europe or, or to Canada, they had to rebrand her as Shelly. 
And so they had to rebrand oh, everything. So they did like movies mess. and all sorts of stuff. And they had to change Kelly's name every time. So they eventually in 2010, they changed the, her name or, or, you know, started using her first name essentially was their, their storyline um, to call her Chelsea. So that way they didn't have to rebrand everything um, when they shipped her overseas and it, you know, saving money. <laughs> right. 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 That's crazy. Yeah, but I mean, she she aged up over time. So now, so she started off as like two or three years old, and now she's supposed to be canonically like seven or eight years old. So as she got older, she you know she did the tiny steps. She did. There actually was a potty training Kelly. I didn't have that one. That was one of the ones I did not have. <laughs> Your parents were um, like, oh. no fucking way. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you, you literally could like. Essentially, you took a little bottle too. filled with water and then filled up the Kelly doll with water and then put her on the potty. And then when you squeezed her stomach, she would she would go potty. Um, so, you know, she was like this weird, really awkward squirt gun that you were like, we don't need that in the house. <laughs> <laughs> David, put, babe, put peeing baby Chelsea down. <laughs> <laughs> so so they did actually have her grow up to the point where like she they they started a school set where she was then going to school and barbie was the teacher and all these other things as she as she got older um so but but that was the the fun of the kelly club and i i had so many of these kelly's i i had so many of these little dolls i must have driven my mother up a flipping wall because they were everywhere <laughs> Well, I mean, having that poster definitely made it so much more fun and finite because you're like, cool, I'm working towards completing this collection. And right? then they just threw that shit out the window and they're like, fuck the club. Just we're all just making a billion Kellys now. So good luck. You're never going to get them all. You know, we're not even going to bother to keep track of it, which is like a bummer because that's like, I mean, it's marketing genius in the first place. But oh, also yeah. it's like yeah. a bummer because you feel like, well, I want to. I want to be able to collect the set. You know, I'd like to be able to work on getting the whole thing if that's, you know, if that's what you're trying to do. And then it just became, well, they, they don't even care. Like they're not making yeah. that a, a part of it. Nope. It's just like a matter of you can collect what you can collect. And I was, so in doing my research, I did find a couple of like, you could buy some of the dolls still in box because they were collector's items and you could do this. Yeah. I was, you know, seven. I wasn't playing the keep it in the box <clears throat> game at that time. Yeah. Um, but some of them are up to like, Forty fifty dollars just for like this one little doll. That's, that's what were they box. normally priced at? I want to. I, I actually could not tell you because I I would have to look it up. That's um, true. Right. My my great grandpa bought a lot of them for me, and he actually was keeping an eye out. Like I because I had this poster, he would actually keep an eye out, and sometimes he would be like, "Ooh, I I saw that this doll is actually at the store or something like that. We should go, you know, to the to the toy store." Um, so I'm assuming that they, they had to have been relatively cheap as just kind of a like, like maybe like a five, like, yeah, like a five dollar, right? Like a dollar. you know four or five dollar doll that was like, but there's so many of them. Um, right. And I remember, right. like, I actually had, um, there was a lollipop guild Tommy, and um, a Munchkin Land Kelly at one point. Um, and they came with with Dorothy, and you could get like some of the other ones. I only had Dorothy, and I might have had Ken as a scarecrow. I might have had Scarecrow Ken, um, but I definitely had Tommy and and Kelly uh, in their their Munchkin Land attire. Wow, that's pretty crazy. So, what was the Scooby Doo crossover like? I, I did they just do like all the main cast, and then I think so. Know? It was definitely I didn't 
I didn't jump too deep into it because I was trying to find other information, yeah. but I saw them pop up and I was like, okay. Um, it was a newer thing. It was like pre 2010, it looked like, but it, cause it okay. was still that original kind of style, yep. but it yeah. wasn't, it, it wasn't like in the 2005 realm. It must've been like in between. Um, but it, it looked like it was just, you know, you take them and you shrink them. <laughs> Which was pretty much the whole thing was yeah, yeah. like Make the reason small. Kelly was all over the place was partially because they could be like, oh, we're going to do ballerina Barbie and ballerina Kelly. And they <laughs> sold so many of these sets that were, you know, big version, little version and, and were all over the place. So I, I also, on top of having like the Kelly club, I definitely had a couple of the, um, the Kellys that came with another Barbie doll to be like, oh, I have the, the, I think I had the teacher set actually, um, that came with one Kelly doll. And then you could, you know, have a couple of little desks. So that way you had more of the Kelly club could join in the classroom kind of thing. Right. All right. <laughs> That's pretty There's awesome. So many, so There's much, stuff. so many. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. Just always. No idea. Yeah. Never knew that. Like what Steve said, I really just had no idea there was like like a, a lore of <laughs> Oh yeah. It's like geez. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, there's... commercials where I, I mean I I am aware that there was like a Stacy and a other like different ages of sisters. I remember that. Um yeah. some some continuity like, of some I mean the name yeah. Stacy is in my head for sure. Stacy was one, one of the probably... newer ones. So Skipper was initially introduced Wait, Skipper. and Skipper was right. the one who um, they actually had a doll that was That's growing up Skipper and she did make an appearance in the movie. Um, you could twist her arm and she would get a little taller and she would get boobs. And that did that huh. happen in the movie? It yep. did. They they, they had know. they had a part in the movie where they showed like the the discontinued dolls like the misfit Barbies and she oh was one God, of them. That's amazing. That's so <laughs> yeah, it was she was great. there with a uh, magic That's earring so Ken um and a couple yeah, of other ones yeah <laughs> you, yeah okay you gotta you gotta you gotta explain magic hearing ken okay so i know the story <laughs> but they don't and they need to know it <laughs> i i gotta tell them this one you do so, you have to so i can't remember exactly what year it was but essentially what had happened was ken wasn't selling very well so um some some higher ups in in, in Mattel were like, we need to get like a more fashionable Ken. So they sent out some guys to be like, go to the clubs and find out what, what new, what guys are wearing. Um, and so they, <laughs> yeah, they, they went ahead and checked yep. out these clubs and brought back this design of um, this, this Ken with an earring and a necklace that had a, a circle um, that, that was just hanging around his neck. And, all the, all these guys, all these guys all at these, these clubs are wearing the these necklaces with a, with wearing, a ring on wearing, it. Wearing uh, tight leather pants and some fishnets. So so uh, Magic Earring Ken had like this purple vest over like a fishnet t-shirt kind of thing. Um, if I remember correctly, right now, um, yeah, it, this is it, real. This is all real. It, it, this is real. You can you can look this man up. Um, it didn't take long. He was taken off of the shelves pretty quickly, but he is he one of sold, the- He sold remarkably well, which yes. made them raise a red flag. They're like, why is this Ken selling? Why is he flying off the shelves? And he was oh, flying off reason. the shelves. He, there he was appeals a to a, a certain demographic. That's yeah. All. So apparently they found out afterwards that that ring- um, That magic ring. No, uh, not that magic ring. Because he did he did have earrings. So that was the magic earring Okay. Head. But the oh, necklace, I thought it was. <laughs> yeah, the specifically the necklace ring that he had, um, that was a style amongst gay men at the time. 
and and that ring was actually um can i can i say what it is on here yeah. oh you can you can oh okay yeah. it's a cock ring it was a cock ring um <laughs> that that gay men at the time like that was kind of their like their ninja yeah. symbol to be wearing right this, it's like, like it's like you know like, i'm down that 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 was the dtf um, right the download like, yeah, like fashionable My young God. men this is what they're wearing that's hilarious that is literally so, so mattel thing. just shit their collective pants they're like oh my fucking god we made this we made cochran ken take it off the shelves it already <laughs> sold like a ton you know because yep. as soon as any anybody of that era saw him they're like um uh i'm buying this this is insane you know like so that's just like yeah. the funniest thing ever. It's like the best. <laughs> and the, and they had him in the movie. He was in the reject section. Oh my yeah, god, I just yeah. found a picture of Midge without her clothes on. Oh my god, oh, she yeah, has a human <laughs> all up in there. Oh, it looks like something out of Alien. What the hell? So I actually had oh. to be fair. I did have Midge. I, I had Midge. Um, oh I my god. So Midge and Alan were actually married. And Alan is one of the big, big stars in the new movie. Um, yep. and they're like, oh, there's only one Alan. So Alan actually originally was introduced as Ken's best friend. And then he eventually got married to Midge. And then when Midge became the pregnant doll that everybody thinks about with Midge, she actually did come like pre, she was married. It was her and Alan starting a family and they already had a son previously who looked remarkably like Tommy, but his name was Ryan. Oh my god! I, I but well, then in the I'm Barbie movie they didn't even have figure. Mitch and Alan together at all, which was frustrating. That was I was very upset by that. I was like, you should, had you Alan should have and they had Mitch. Alan and they Midge weren't. They didn't do anything with that. It was very weird. But anyway, wow. wow. But yeah, the 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 Barbie lore is deep, and I actually I follow um the, this fantastic um, content creator on TikTok who who like she's been a collector for years and has all these different things and she talks about like how some of the barbies um or a lot of barbies that are older will actually melt because of the plastic combinations and stuff um but her her name is ria and she's she's on tiktok and she's <laughs> does so she dance on the sand she does not um oh. no no but she wears really cute costumes while she tells you all about all oh. about barbie and and all these other things that are going on um, you like that river that twists to the dusty land? <laughs> no, it's not a reference to Duran Duran. <laughs> oh, I, I just, I'm just it's, it's sure. not Rio, it's Ria. Okay. It's R H I A. This is very close. I'm just wondering. Like Perlman. Yeah. But but she she's she's been like a, my little bit of like, huh, let me look into that more because I, I love this kind of stuff. And yeah, I've been feeding this stuff to to Tim for it's like they announced the movie and I was like, oh my God, we need to go. And I've just been spewing Barbie <laughs> lore to him ever since. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, it got to the point where I was like, I'm legitimately excited to see this Barbie movie because like Steph is so freaking amped about yeah. it. And she knows all this, like all the deep, you know, director's cut, like commentary secrets of the whole thing. So I'm like, yeah. cool. I'm watching this with an expert and she knows all this lore and it's just really fun. Um, nice. Good stuff. But I was like, I, easily when we were talking about it, I'm like, Barbie itself is way too big of a topic. So many people already episode. talked about it. So I wanted to focus kind of on, I'm like, this was my, like, I got, I had the Kelly Club and that was mm -hmm. my, my big thing when I was a kid. It should, maybe it should be a crow's nest. Just talk about Barbie the entire time. I, I, <laughs> I could talk about Barbie for a very long time. I Forever. had so many. <laughs> <laughs>
All right. I'm sure we could do an entire episode and have you and Ashes on. I know she was big into Barbie too. Oh yeah. That would be fun. I love Ashes. That would be great. Yeah, and if there's if there's other if there's other people we could think of that, you know, are some retroids, I mean we'd we'd be happy to facilitate that. That'd be fun. Get a get all girly up and up in here, no problem. Right. We should never do. Hardly ever do that. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Cool. Awesome. All right. Uh Parasite Steve. Okay, so I have my biggest toy line, I think, that I collected for the longest amount of time was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, I had a billion of these things. And it's so funny, yes. you know, <laughs> like back then, these were $5, you know? I mean, like... Wow. Oh, right, yeah, that was super you know, cheap. It's, Damn. It's like, yeah, I had a billion of them. But, like, my God, today, like, you're talking about, like, the NECA reissues of these figures that look a little bit better. I'm not talking about like the movie ones. Like there are the NECA figures that are just the redos of these. And, and they're like 40 bucks. It's like, my God, they were $5. So anyway, I just kind of want to go through the lines. They were made by playmates. They started coming out in 1988. And, um, I, uh, I wanted to just kind of go like wave by wave for a few, for like the first five waves anyway. Um, and uh, just give you some give you some thoughts and uh, you know hopes and dreams and memories. So the first wave was pretty small. It was uh, the four turtles, and Rocksteady and Bebop, Shredder, Splinter, and April. April was oh, and a Foot Soldier. April was the rare one. Almost nobody could find one. Uh, I I had one um, like crazy, but uh, it, there was a rarest version of April where she had a blue stripe down her leg. That was the coveted one. And I remember at the time, like it was a couple hundred dollars it was worth. And it's just so crazy. Like the thought of that was just so insane. Um, but um, so they, they, you know, they were, they were fun figures. They were just really fun, not super large figures, but they were really fun. And this came out the same time as the show. So these are all characters that we're seeing in the pilot. You know, we know who everybody is. We get it. If you watch the first episode, you you got your, you know, heroes, your villains, you know, everything's very clear as to who these characters are. Um, I also want to mention, I think it's really funny. Every single turtle figure from this Playmate line came with a uh, card you could cut out which was their stat card that was like you know printed on the back of the uh the of the the figures card it was just like a dotted line thing like a coupon and you'd cut it out and i used to save them and uh they just had some like goofy stats they were obsessed with bad puns and alliteration everything was alliteration uh, the dynamite dude dog di- dalmatian you know like dynamite yeah, they, like every, everything yeah everything possible to make it catch in your brain it's like I just think, yeah i just think it's funny because they would they would come up with like random meaningless stats that wouldn't be the same for each one like sometimes it would have height and weight and sometimes there would be just a random thing they're like they're like oh this character has a funny thing we can use we can make a pun out of so we're gonna say like you know something different um but i i'm just looking at the uh the stats for the the height the height uh, makes, I, I don't know, I like, I, it makes me laugh. Like, this is so <laughs> bizarre. We all know the four turtles are about the same height. Um, I mean, unless you're going with the Michael Bay verse where Raphael is like eight feet fucking tall. But, um, you know, these are like, you know, supposed to be short characters. They're not supposed to be tall. Um, you know, shorter than a subhuman, like, you know, shorter than right. an average height for a person. Um right. 
but pretty damn tall for a turtle. Um, so they're all f- about five feet, um, except Donatello's four feet. He's a foot what? tall. He's a foot shorter. What? Huh? Are you kidding That's me? Weird. Like the same height. The so figures little. are the same height. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. The show, they have Michelangelo is the shortest one. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I'm, I'm reading transcriptions. I'm not actually looking at pictures, so it's possible the transcriptions are wrong, but I'm just going to go with it. These are all from figurerealm.com. Uh, Rocksteady and Bebop are not tall either. Rocksteady is 5'7". Um, Bebop is 5'10". I'm like, why is Rocksteady 5'7"? I feel like What's they should that? both be six and a half feet tall anyway. Right, Shredder... Like yeah, Shredder is six feet even, and on the figure, he's like this shrunken, shriveled old woman. Like he's so <laughs> like his first figure is so pathetically small. He's like smaller than Splinter, but he's six feet tall, and Splinter is four feet. So four apparently Splinter and Donnie are the same height, and April's five five. Um That's a good respectable height. five five. So right. eighty-nine, wave two. Um the neat thing about wave two, and I remember it distinctively, like I bought the, I bought every figure in wave one. I was like instantly obsessed with these guys. Uh, wave, wave two comes out 89 a year later. And it's like, who are all these characters? I remember seeing them in the store and you look on the back and you can see the entire new line. Like they would have all the little pictures of all the little figures. And, um, you know, it's like, uh who are any of these people i we hadn't gotten any of them in the in the show at that time except maybe one or two and um that kind of became the deal so whereas i think it's interesting whereas the first wave of ninja turtle figures like like i said every single one of them is in that pilot past that it turned into because these show the show ran forever it ran for like you know 10 or 11 years or something like that and every season had like 50 something episodes or some nonsense. I mean, like tons of episodes per season. And, um, and so what it turned into was you, you knew the figures and you were waiting for them to appear in the show. So you became a fi- you became a fan oh, figure okay. first, and then you're hoping that they show up in an episode of the show. And usually if they did, they didn't show up in two. And if they did show up in two, they never showed up in three. Like a lot of these characters were really just one-offs. Um, with with a you know a couple exceptions but um so in wave two we actually got such like big characters as krang krang had his little uh, robot walker um leatherhead uh who is lifted listed as 12 foot four for his height even though he's absolutely one of the smallest figures he's so small i mean i think they're probably going for length that's what Maybe. they were thinking but it's listed as height um He's 871 pounds, too, so he's pretty big. Um, um, Usagi Ojimbo. This is the very first time a lot of us had ever heard of Usagi Ojimbo. The only other way would be that you happen to be a fan of this very obscure um, indie comic, which, you know, not most people were. Right. Um, you know, and uh, it's just that, you know, they knew Eastman and Laird, the guy, you know, who made Usagi Ojimbo, and, and they just sort of started to blend them together into one thing that he was never actually truly he didn't start that way he wasn't actually a ninja turtle character he's thought of as a ninja turtle character by a lot of people because of that but he's his comics are utterly separate um but so he uh he he had an amazing figure i still to this day think he's one of the best i loved you saw you figure yeah it was my favorite 
Yeah, they didn't make him like overly cute. He's super extreme. He's really, really cool. Um, and uh, we also got General Trag, who is a rock soldier. He was he was from the original couple episodes, I believe. And Baxter Stockman as the fly. Um, Baxter Stockman oh, cool. was a character that had been in the show at that time. He was just a, a scientist, a lackey of the shredder. He was just this wormy, annoying scientist guy. And then they don't, so they didn't put out a human figure of him. I don't think ever, but up until this point in the show, he was only a human. And then the, the freaking figure comes out and spoils what's going to happen. They, they right. have him as a, as a fly, which by the way, at the time, had no idea the amazing reference that that is the turning the scientists into a fly monster. I had no idea right, what from the fly. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Amazing. So, so, so cool. And, mm. um, and I'm like, why would they call this fly monster Baxter Stockman? That's the weirdest thing. Like I've seen Baxter Stockman. He's just a guy. So it was actually planned and they totally freaking spoiled it. And I think that's just the weirdest thing. Yeah. Um, also, Casey Jones. Um, oh, so Baxter's supposed to be three feet high. Um, he's he's one of the bigger what? figures. Yeah, he's what? one of the bigger figures. It's so ridiculous. He is so much bigger as a figure than Leatherhead. It's so stupid. And Leatherhead's just pressing to be... buttons. Yeah, yeah, someone was definitely <laughs> yeah. just so funny. It's like they weren't looking at any other thing for reference. They're just like, I don't know. I think this. Looking like a three feeter. Yeah. Um, and Casey Jones. Casey Jones was another character. Believe it or not. Um, I don't believe he had showed up at that time, not by 89. And even then, um, I believe he was only in two episodes of the show ever. It, right. it might've been three, but it wasn't, it wasn't much. He really was barely in Ninja Turtles, the original run. I mean, he's, it, it seems so weird because he's such an intrinsic character and in all other versions of Ninja Turtles, he's always, always there at all times. But yeah. man, in that original cartoon show, I think they probably didn't know what to do with him, and they thought he was too, maybe scary or too serious right. or too violent or whatever. And, it was the uh, sweatpants. It was definitely the sweatpants. Definitely the sweatpants. <laughs> Problematic sweatpants. He's yeah. also got lime green shoes. I don't know why, but uh, he does. I always thought his also, hair looked weird. I always thought his like he looked like he just had like a bumpy head. I was like, what's yeah, this? Yeah, he has yeah weird spiky hair. Um, yeah. It looks weird. Uh, also, Genghis Frog, the first of only they there were there were the four um, punk frogs that um, did feature in in Shredder's Revenge and a, a few cameos, which was really fun. Yeah, uh, the that recent game that came out, the amazing game. Um, so there were there were four punk frogs, and uh, Genghis was the only one that um, at that time that got a figure. And there was one more that came out later, but they. Even though in the show they all look the same, they kind of just have different colors. Mm. Um, they're just like wearing shorts and uh, different Hawaiian shirts, uh, and they just sort of have the same face. They just have different colors and different weapons. But in the figures, for some reason, they later put out um, a different frog, Napoleon, Napoleon Bonafrog, because they were all named after evil warlords. Because Shredder was actually the one who made the punk frogs in the cartoon. He's like, he's like, well, Splinter named his turtles after renaissance masters i'll name them after evil guys or whatever you know and so he um so we had genghis and napoleon and napoleon looked utterly different he was like a horny toad and he looked amazing but it's like oh my god he looks nothing like a frog nothing like the character so such right. a weird choice but you know technically it, it i don't know why i'm complaining because like it's a better 
it's a better figure. You like yeah. I, at the yeah. time I wanted I wanted a if they had released all four as just like different paints, I would have been happy. And thinking about that is dumb. Like why <laughs> I wanted but that's right. what they look like, like uh, in the show, so that's what I wanted. Yeah, you, know? yeah, you want it to be accurate. Yeah. They uh, also in this line is Metalhead, the robot turtle. He's amazing, really, really cool figure, one of my favorites of all time. And yep. the Rat King. And the Rat King's height and weight is just hilarious. Height is listed as tall Two enough. Feet. Oh, oh, tall enough. Tall, tall enough. enough. <laughs> tall enough to weight. be the king of rats. Weight is one heavy dude. <laughs> I appreciate see, that more than the bullshit numbers. Right, the eight hundred. That is like no. Um, and uh, see, this is a good example of something they would just come up with a random stat just because they wanted to do a pun. So they list his favorite food, and it's of course Ratatouille. Of course. Oh, is. and favorite film Willard, because he's rat themed. Of course. I've never seen oh, so. <laughs> Willard's uh, like an evil rat movie. Guy can control rats. They actually did a remake of it with uh, that weird dude. I can't think of his name. The, the guy from uh, Back to the Future 1 who is George McFly. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Crispin Glover. Oh. Crispin Glover. I, I could see him as yeah. a Willard. That would make sense. Uh, yeah, also, he Ace has Willard duck. energy. Uh, Ace Duck was a cool random-ass pilot duck. And uh, it says birthplace. Peking, of course, because everybody's heard of Peking Duck. Um, he was yes. a cool figure. I remember he was in like a cameo in an episode that was like it was either like somebody was watching TV and they were watching the Ace Duck show, or it was like somebody had like a comic of Ace Duck or something like that. But that was it. That was it. There was no like proper appearance for Ace Duck, and he was cool. He was like a cool duck pilot with big like angel wings, but they were yellow. <laughs> really cool. Right. Right. He was great. So anyway, moving on to 1990, um, I'm going to start being less, uh, I'm going to go faster. These, I'm, I don't need to list everyone, but we had Fugitoid, an amazing figure. Also cool because he's from the comics. Oh, his Mondo, chest opened. I loved him. Yeah, he was great. Mm -hmm. Mondo Gecko was from this line. Um, <clears throat> Napoleon Bonafrog, as I mentioned, very cool character. And easily uh three of my favorites of all time were from were from wave three um one of them is ray fillet and he's sort of this uh infamous one because he was he was the only color changing ninja turtle figure and he's a big manta ray figure he's really awesome looking really really cool he kind of looks like a superhero and he has his uh he has these like cool scuba diver flippers and he's just really, really awesome. He came in different colors too. You could like get lucky and find uh either there was like a red, he has like a big V on his shirt, which is weird because that doesn't occur in his name, but okay. Um, we'll and it. sometimes it would be red and purple, and sometimes it would be blue and yellow, depending on like the V in the shirt, depending on mm -hmm. which version you got. I had the, the red and purple one, but I actually prefer the blue and yellow. I think it's really, really cool looking. Um, yep. So I, I just want to mention that also some of these characters... Uh, so Ray Filet was never in the cartoon. Uh, I was pretty sure of that, and I looked it up, and it's true. He's not. There was a character that was weirdly similar that some people remember and claimed to be the same character, but it's not. Uh, There's a season four, episode 40, is called Rebel Without a Fin, and a man named Ray turns into a fish-like, Ray-like creature from the Black Lagoon creature. Um, he is just utterly only in this one episode and in nothing else. He is Weird. his name is Ray. He's called Ray, not Ray Filet. 
Um, but weird, right? Like it's so similar, yeah, but he looks nothing, weird. nothing like him. He's green. He looks nothing at all like the character. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Not even super at all. weird, super weird. So, yeah. but Ray Filet in that design occurred in the Archie Ninja Turtle comics. And he even yeah. spun off into their big spinoff series, which ran for a few years, which is the Mighty Mutanimals. And he was actually like the leader of that team. I loved Ray Filet in the comics. He was super, super awesome. But they didn't call him Ray Filet. They called him Man Ray. But he was the same. Right. Visually, he was the same character. Clearly, it's the same guy. And that same uh, version of the character appeared as a playable character in the Genesis Turtles Tournament Fighter. And I believe his name was... You know, I can't remember if he's Ray Filet or Man Ray in that. I think he's Ray Filet. I can't remember huh. his name. But oh, he's a, he a playable character in the Genesis version. I don't um, think I've ever played that version then. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, totally awesome. I was so happy that he was there. I thought it was so freaking cool because I really did love this guy a lot. Um, moving on, uh, the Evil Turtle Slash. Oh my God, what a figure. I love this. I love this freaking figure so much. He His is just face. So, he's just so like, awesome. uh, he's so, he's so crazy looking. And they, they, uh, when they brought him into the show, they, they changed him utterly, and I hated it so much. Even as a kid, I hated it with a passion because I loved the look of that figure so much, mm -hmm. and I hated what they did to him. Um, although in the Archie comics, he looks just like the figure, so I was very uh, vindicated. Um, also, uh, Wingnut and Screwloose came as a two-pack. That's the the bat, the big bat with the uh, metal yep. wings, and there's a little little fly guy sidekick. Yep, remember him from Super Tournament Fighter. Yep, or... yep. Usually, usually Screwloose gets um, dropped, but um, Wingnut has been in lots of stuff. Although they were both as a team, they were in the cartoon uh, in one episode at least, and they were also in the Archie comics as well. And they uh, they were part of uh, Mighty Meat Animals as well. Um, and uh, Triceraton, one of my favorites, of course. Um, and uh, he was he was easily one of my favorite figures. I think he's really really cool. He's orange with blue highlights. Really awesome. Uh, he's listed as a uh, two foot six, which makes the least amount of sense of everything. He's a ginormous <laughs> Triceratops guy. He should be like at least seven feet tall. Like, come on, like two, 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 two six. Seriously. Well, he's two six though. I mean, they, they, gave, they gave him the whole <laughs> six. Maybe they meant six I mean, two, yeah. It, it makes no right, sense. Yeah, he's like, yeah maybe it means six like... two. That that really? puts him shorter than like April's hip, like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. April's hip is at least two. Oh, you know what it says? Eight. I got to keep reading. It says two six in dimension X, but eight foot nine here. Okay, well eight what? foot nine. I'm buying okay. more, but okay. Why, is why there, does dimension why is X have different feet? That I mean, that's a that's a. Lot well, they just have a different unit of measure, that's, maybe. That's, that's a lot of gravity. That's maybe. stupid. That's maybe. a lot of world building. I don't care about. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to wave four, we got one of the coolest. Oh my god, I love this guy, Chrome Dome. He was the robot shredder, and he is he is uh -huh. well, he was he was kind of like the robot shredder. He's like a super foot soldier, basically. He's so right. cool. He was the only figure that had. Um, it looks like metal plating, but it's just plastic. But it is like mirrored. It's silver, yeah, like mirror. Yeah, really cool. Yeah. Also, we got um, two characters that you know we had never seen before. They were in one episode of the Turtle Show, but they were in the third game for NES as bosses, the Manhattan Project, and they're also bosses in Shredder's Revenge. And they they put them together in Shredder's Revenge, and that's Dirtbag and Groundchuck. Dirtbag's yep. the mole. Groundchuck is a bull, 
He's like a cyborg bull. And uh, they are both really fun. I I like them both. I always prefer Dirtbag, but I think it's really cool. I loved when we would start to see figures in games, too. That's another yes. place we would right. start like, to oh, see the hey. figures. They're finally it's getting, like, oh, let, know, right. It's like, right, we need various characters to be bosses. Let's mix it up. Let's try different guys. Let's pull from the toys. Uh, you also had some Turtles to the Secret of the Ooze figures were in this line. So you got Toka, Razar, and Super Shredder. Um, also, there is um, a really neat Space Usagi character from this. Um, and this hilariously bad, oh my god, he's so bad. He's His name's uh, Walkabout, and he's a Australian kangaroo guy. And he has he has like boomerangs and stuff, and he has a little. It's so this is so funny to me. Like I just, I didn't remember this Walk at all. About. He comes a little tiny sidekick for whatever reason. Like they get they wanted to give him a Joey, I guess. And uh, his name is Kid Kangi. Kid Kangi. Okay, <laughs> that's a terrible name. <laughs> that is but... a choice was made oh there. Walk about. Like kangaroo from down under. <laughs> it's like, it's like Sunny Delight, you know. It's oh like Sunny god. Delight's tangy original. It's oh like, my god, but... so fucking bad. So I would say that that around the next wave is this is where I'll stop. This was about where I sort of stopped buying every single figure. I think the, I think the previous one I didn't have all of those either. Um, but this one I really I was really kind of like you know. I don't know, aging out or just getting sick of it or whatever. But there was a bunch of these that I just did not have. Um, of the ones that I really remember, um, there's this really cool lion guy. He's like a knight, uh, medieval knight character is named King Lionheart. He's really cool. And there's Hothead. Hothead was a dragon, like a samurai dragon. And I was really excited for Hothead because he was clearly a... This is the only time that I know that this happened. He started in the Archie comics. I, I was obsessed with the Archie comics like Justin Cooper was. And um, I those were the ones that I collected like religiously every single issue. There was one issue of the Archie comics where they met this character who was just called the Warrior Dragon. And it was a guy who became possessed by the spirit of this dragon statue. And he became this golden really cool like dragon guy and they i loved him and it was this one issue and i read it a million times and um i don't know like i was i was hoping he would show up in something else i really liked this this character anyway so then they came out with hothead is what they turned him into worst name obviously yeah and they made him red instead of gold or yellow which I don't know why, but it is it is the character. It's a disappointing adaptation, but they did do it. And he also was a character in one of the fighting games. He was actually a playable character in the the NES Turtles Tournament Fighter game. And he was yellow in that. But his yeah. name was Hothead. Oh, I do freaking remember him. Yeah. yeah. His name was Hothead. So it was like a weird combination. They took the name from the toy, but they took the look more from the Archie comics. And in fact, I believe it was on the, I box believe cover. he's on the box cover. Yeah. Yes, yeah, he is. Yeah. So kind of, kind of interesting. Definitely. That fun. was like the only time he was in a game, right? Just, I one. think so. I think so. Yeah. Um, 
but you know really really cool and i just want to mention one more uh this character scale tail he was a snake it was like a cobra guy and his lower half of his body was actually like the segmented snake body i don't i don't remember if i had this guy or not i can't quite recall but um i think he's notable only because he was one of those rare cases where he went to the game boy so i believe i i didn't check this but I, okay i'm just going purely by memory i'm pretty sure that scale tail was a boss in the third game boy turtle game the radical rescue i think i i feel like he was okay i could I be so. i could I, be wrong I think you're right and I remember they also used another figure that's not even out yet. I won't even get to, but he was called Scratch and he was a cat burglar. So he had like prison stripes and he was a cat. And I remember that he definitely was a boss in that game. I didn't yeah, I think he was, he was the first boss okay. think, in that game. Yeah. So I think that Scaletail was in that game. I really do. I think he was like later on. And it's just, again, it was just such a fun, weird thing that has never been. Like nothing else has ever quite been the same. It went so long that you started, you know, you started off being like, okay, these are these are figures of characters I, I know. These are guys I've seen in, in the show. And then it turned into basically preview town where you're like, well, I, I love all these. They're fun. So I'll buy them and I'll, I'll, I'll grow my home collection of these toys. But like, when am I going to see them again? It could be in the comics. It could be in the cartoon. It could be in the games. Like it could be some combination. Like, it's crazy like you just you just did not know and or maybe never i mean there's this guy right here his name's half court he's a giraffe he's a giraffe basketball player i don't even remember this guy he definitely was not in any games that i saw what well, seems what, crazy to me is that they could pump the episode or anything right it's just, it's just a random character that yeah just, and there's what? there's other ones there's like i don't know anyway go ahead it, it just seems insane that like the lowest common denominator for trying these characters out is a figure. Like a figure seems like a lot of work to design and mold and to make it and to put it out there and assume that mm -hmm. people are going to buy it. And then there are these characters that like, A, you don't even know initially. You're waiting for the for the other foot to drop to be like, when is this character going <laughs> to become foot. relevant? And then <laughs> they sometimes never did. It's like, what? You made a figure of like an ether character? Like that's so crazy. I almost know, wonder if it was a matter of like, works. is it cheaper to to create these these figurines and get a general idea of like? You said they were five bucks, right? So yeah, yeah. So if it was cheaper to like make the figurines low. and get them out and then be like, hey, it turns out this character sold really well, so he should get a right. spot put in, them the, in, in the show, show or put him in whatever. Yeah, Whereas if they're like, this guy sold like crap. Well then, obviously the kids don't want to see him, so we're not right. going to. Nobody put him wants in the show. Ray Filet, right? And there were other characters right. except for of the comics, except for, yeah, except for me. Except <laughs> well, actually, no, he turned into a pretty big character. Like he really was like, a main character in the comics. In the comics, he was big, but like yeah. there were other characters from the comics that were in just one issue or something, and I I would wonder. If we'd ever see them. So I so you got keyed in on that. Where you're like, new character, am I ever gonna see this guy again? I'll I'll just lock him away in my memories. And and like, nope, never. And then sometimes, yeah, it's like this really is it's weird. But it was fun. It was a fun thing to be a fan of, and I did amass a, a large amount of these for sure. Um yep. I'm not even gonna go into the the play sets or the vehicles or anything because I've 
taken up enough time, but really the, the figures were what I loved the most and, uh, and stuff. So yeah, no, lots of great memories and a really great toy line. Um, that was really fun to follow as it was coming out for all those reasons. Right. Yeah. I mean, I remember, uh, playing with the, 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 the bendable ones. I forget which line that was from. They're like very. Oh, oh, the movie. Yeah. Uh, I think the movie figures the ones that were like rubber. Yes. Yeah. They're so ugly. Oh my God. They look like they have leprosy. They have these like big yellow (laughs) gross spots. Like, yes. Yes. Yeah. Ew. I know. Yeah. They are. They are unfortunate looking. My favorite. I I will say this. My favorite version of the turtles themselves. um, I don't remember what lot, what year it came out or anything. And I've already closed everything, but uh, the storage shell Ninja Turtles were in my opinion the best they had openable shells and you could like fit a bunch of stuff in there it would just like have a hinge and it would open which is kind of gross when you think about it but don't think about it you'll be fine Polly Pocket in turtle form yeah it's like Polly Pocket in turtle form you know what's in your shell guts and shit (laughs) an entire ecosystem's in there the rest Um, of the turtle (laughs) um, but they had such great sculpts they had, oh, I hope not. Uh, probably though. Mm. They had such great sculpts. The faces were so mean and just cool looking. Mm. And oh man, I just, I just love the storage shell turtles. They were my favorite. Yeah. So whenever, once those came out, like whenever we played turtle figures, those were like the turtles. Always. The, as yeah, as the main, would. main ones. Yeah, those were the yep. ones that we reached for because they were just the best. Cool, right. Absolutely. Awesome. Uh, so my pick is, uh, fairly obvious for people who have followed the show for the last five years. Um, the Transformers is, uh, definitely my, one of my favorite toy lines ever. I had a whole bunch back in the day. Um, they were known as, uh, G1. So it's just uh, the first generation. And, uh, through the line was, the line was never branded as such started as a joint venture between Hasbro of America and Takara of Japan after an idea to rebrand and sell Takara's Diaclone and Microchange Robot Toys as a whole new line with a new concept behind it developed by Hasbro's partners at Marvel Comics. Uh, Hasbro ultimately created what would be one of the longest running and most popular franchises for both companies, which is very true. Uh, so the toy line started in 1984 and ran for seven years in America and, and eight years in, in Europe and Japan. Uh, though Takara would break the line lineup into multiple sub franchises. Um, so this, I mean, the show as a kid was like one one of my favorite shows growing up, especially the movie. I just loved the the 1986 movie so much, and. Um, but what really, really drew me was obviously the toys. The toys were just so much fun. I just loved the idea of robots transforming into vehicles, like either car, jets, trains, whatever, whatever it is. And uh, I don't know. It was just so much fun. And and I they would always come with with directions on how to how to uh, transform the the robots. And I would never ever look at the directions. I was always I would always try to figure it out myself. It was kind of like cool. it was kind of like the the uh, the Rubik's cube for me. Just trying to figure out the correct way how to solve mm-hmm. solve the puzzle or whatever. Yeah, yeah, right. That's neat. And uh, right. 
one of the things uh, that I liked about the toys was the packaging. Uh, the packaging would would, uh, would consist of like the grid grid work, and if you're buying an Autobot, it'll be like uh, like yellows with reds and uh, like some like fiery colors or whatever. And the Decepticons would be like a purple, like a like a light purple and a darker purple or whatever. And what was cool is that in the back of the box they would have like some kind of like a like a decoder thing like like the 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 figures would, would come with this, with this little decoder it was just a red strip like they, they can see through and what you what you would do is on the back of the box you would take that decoder and put it in a certain spot and it would just reveal the stats of that robot which i thought was pretty neat that's wicked fun yeah a little totally, interactivity totally there yeah totally fun um so for the autobots the 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 first run um i'm just gonna read off the the the, the main ones not like the later on ones uh so you have brawn bumblebee uh cliff jumper which is basically bumblebee but just red um gears huffer wind charge frenzy laser beak rumble ravage huffer i don't even know who huffer is that sounds like that's a not okay one right Oh, yeah, he, he also yeah, quietly he disappeared along so with, uh, you know, Huffer. Barbie's two illegitimate children. With, with... Yeah. Well, he wasn't called Puffer. I don't know, like you're I'm huffing sure gas? Like, what are you huffing? <laughs> yeah, dude, you've been standing around that exhaust pipe for a while. <laughs> exactly. Huffing and puffing. Puffer was an armadillo. He just kind of like rolled in on himself instead of rolling out. <laughs> Huffer is right. yeah, Huffer's a, that, that little... Uh, Little truck guy, he's a yellow yellow character from the cartoon. Oh, he he sucked. I I never liked him. Um, so yeah, you have uh, Blue Streak, Hound, Ironhide, Jazz, Mirage, Prowl, Ratchet, Sideswipe, Sunstreaker, Trailbreaker, and Wheeljack. Trailbreaker is um, a cool name, actually. Yeah. Wheeljack I, sounds like a criminal. Real, actually, real, 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 real Jack fucking jacking my wheels all the time. I love Wheel Jack. I think love he's Wheeljack. so cool. He's such a cool. Did you, did, Joe? Did you see the the Wheel Jack from the Bumblebee movie I posted in the group? Yes. Yeah. Oh my god! Did you know that existed? Well, that's so freaking awesome. Perfect. Was, you guys perfect. still haven't seen Bumblebee, huh? No. Joe did. I I didn't. I, I did. I've seen. It. I, oh, okay. I didn't like it. I, I, didn't I, like I, it I had seen. It. Yeah, it was. I've it seen was the whatever. beginning. I, I've I've watched the the opening that everybody says is the best part, and it's amazing. And Wheeljack said it for one shot. When, yeah, I, I posted that like last. Yeah, week. the intro. Said. And then, yeah, and then I found there's a freaking like figure uh, of that appearance. Of that one, yeah, which is That's extra so crazy because they put a different Wheeljack in the new Rise of the Beast movie, and he's he's awful he's he has it's nothing terrible. to do with wheeljack they shouldn't have named him that he's utterly it. utterly unrelated in all ways what a good he's nerdy and he has glasses and like he just it doesn't make any sense that it's they call dumb. they could have called him anything so i just i just believe that it's just another guy with the same name because there's already there's already wheeljack we saw him our real our wheeljack right. is still the, the, the real name. one the, the real, real one, one probably died on Cybertron, but I don't care. He one. was in it for one second. The wheel, the wheel, wheel one. one. But he was great in the show. <laughs> so great. He was the one who built the Dinobots, and he was ah, uh, he was smart, and he was so great. Right. He was uh, he was totally my favorite in the right. show. Yeah. You also have a uh, Skywarp, Star Scream. We can't forget about him. Uh, right. Thund Thundercracker, uh, Soundwave, 
uh, Megatron and Optimus Prime. Hmm. So it was a very short, short release for for all these characters uh, for this toy line. But uh, they did grow over time. You know the the movie came out, and uh, they yeah, I think that's a lot to, of characters. For, yeah, for, I mean they they uh, one? That, that seemed like a ton. Yeah. I guess. Uh, so they came out with the 1986 movie, and they're like, you know what? We're gonna just, we're gonna, so we, we need fresh characters. We're just, we're just gonna kill off X amount of robots. <laughs> so many of the good. So, Everyone's gonna die. No, we're just gonna kill them all. We don't give oh. a fuck. And, and, like, break children's hearts everywhere. Yes. No, um, not Huffer. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's he's like you said, he's the nipple ring, cock ring Ken. So he he wasn't yeah. mentioned ever again. He doesn't. He shall, doesn't shall not be mentioned. I think he was even in the show like a handful of times. I banished to the shadow realm. Yeah, yeah, he just sucks really bad. I will I will never get over that. Um, Wheeljack not only dies in the movie, but he's like dies, he dies off, off camera. Yeah, and you just see his dead body. That's like, all they do. Like, oh, he, he was a big character. He don't, was a big character like on the show, and he was, he was also not, he was one of the one of the the important characters in the in the show too. Yeah, that's like, what, yeah. He, 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 was, he was like the, the he was like the the inventor or something. Yeah, like, he was like the big engineer guy. He was yeah, he was a major like, character to kill off that way. It was so mad. <laughs> God, the fuck. Oh well. Uh, crap. <laughs> so bad. Um, See, at least with the Barbie lore, you don't get to worry about that kind of stuff. They, don't, they, don't <laughs> they just go missing. That, they don't they yeah, right. anybody off. They just, yeah, they they just, just, they just, they just die. They just they stop missing or change their names to Van Wayne. Stop being. One of my, my, my uh, actually, probably my favorite Transformer toy of all time would have to be Six Shot. Um, he's just so awesome. Like He's like, he's not just like, like a brute. Decepticon or whatever, he's just like you no, know, he's very intelligent and uh, and one of the best things about him is that he can, you know, like the name suggests, six shot. He can transform to six different things, so he can turn so into crazy. not just a robot. He can turn into a, a tank, a spaceship, a gun, an off-road vehicle, and a winged wolf. The winged wolf is like my my favorite. It is so so. so cool. Now, were you able to figure them go, all out, or did that? you have to look it up? I, I couldn't remember all of them, so I, I did end up looking at it. I, I imagine that's, that's, like, that's going to be so hard harder. to figure that all out. Yeah. And well, you can, I mean, what, you really, can go really, shot and go, dude, are you a tank? And he's like, well, I could be. <laughs> <laughs> right. Whoa. Not right now, I'm not. <laughs> Currently, I'm a gun. <sighs> well, it, just, it just blew me away. I know I've said this before. In past episodes, but I'm just still to this day blown away by the technology they had to be able to transform this one toy into six different. Yeah, it's it's, it's super impressive. It's like engineering. It really feet, is. Yeah. It's so have you ever really wanted impressive. to do like the costumes? Like, have you seen like where where they take like you know cardboard boxes and stuff? But it's like if you mm. like stand up you look like you're you're a transformer but then when you like oh yeah right. ball, you turn into a car yes yeah yes. right yep that's yeah. so cool that, that, that is super cool i used to do that when i was a kid both cut with really bad cardboard boxes um six six shot is so awesome too i love his i love his colors he's like oh, yeah. he's like he's like purple like uh purple and blue uh, i know he's so awesome he's got some purple he's got like some like 
uh, sky, not sky blue, but like a, a orange, like an orangey blue or something. Well, he's like, he like a teal. I mean, their newer ones yeah, are just straight up teal and purple, like the new ones. Yeah. But um, I think the old one was more blue than teal. Um, I'm trying to look it up. I right just now. saw pictures of him. I thought he was. Well, I know he's he's pretty much teal and purple. Yeah, um, I was remembering I remember him being more blue, but yeah, you know, he's awesome. He's a really cool, he super cool, cool. Figure. and he's a pretty interesting character too. It's like he's yeah, he's a Decepticon, but he he doesn't like. He plays by his own rules. He doesn't follow Megatron or anything. He's just a Decepticon. Just, mm. I mean, that's Which is an interesting idea. You're like, well, I'm from, you know, we're from the same organization, but I, you know, we're not a cult. It's just all the right. Decepticons that we know happen to follow Megatron, but it's not like there's two teams in the entire planet Cybertron that all follow one guy and all follow another guy. You know, it's it's more interesting to think of like, okay, there are two factions, but or two main factions, but you know, there's there could be different subdivisions or whatever that mm. don't all think one way. Oh, it's all right. Megatron, like you know, mm -hmm. right? It's interesting. Yeah, cool. super cool, super yeah. cool. I I just love love that toy so much. Um, yeah. I also uh, remember playing with the uh, Trypticon. At my cousin's house, it was it? It's like a, a big, big, the big dinosaur one, the, the yeah, black one that can turn right. into like a little station or whatever. Uh huh. Yeah, he, he was like a cool. base for that. Yeah, it was supposed to be yeah. so big, super wicked cool. cool, super cool for sure. <clears throat> All right, and so, of, course, of course, you got to mention Predaking. Predaking. Oh, Predaking. Oh, yeah. Actually, I have the. I still have the box right, right behind me. I don't know if you can see that. I mean, there. oh, awesome. But, uh, oh yeah, yeah. I just, yeah, I, just I, can't, I can't I just couldn't throw the box out because it's so cool. Um yeah, yeah. Predaking is just so freaking sick. Like I think he's he is by far my favorite combiner mm, definitely. Uh, robots. Uh so freaking cool. You have the the lion, uh it's like a lion uh, and eagle, a bull, right? Yes. Ra oh rhino. Definitely rhino. a rhino. Yeah. Maybe a bear. But he's so awesome. He's so well designed. He doesn't look like anybody else. His face is so unique. He's got the prime like mouth, but he he doesn't have eyes. He has like just a black visor. <clears throat> and he's orange and red and and like no so few transformers have orange. Yeah. 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 Really really yes. unique color scheme. Really really cool. cool design. I mean, yeah. he's just such a freaking awesome design. Super so cool. cool. Yeah. My brother loved me. My brother loved me so much that he decided to buy that for me for my birthday one Aww. year. <laughs> what a guy! He tanked. Uh, he's so cute. He's so cute. All right, so that's it for the first half of the episode. I think we got to make the second half a lot shorter. Yes, we do. We're almost <laughs> at two hours. <laughs> go fast, go. Go fast, go. Yes. All right, so it's about time that we are about to take a short break. But before we do that, we have something for you to octoponder. <laughs> so tonight's octoponder is, what was the one toy you always wanted but never got? And uh, we will uh, give off our, our answers afterwards. And uh, I'll, I'll read off all of your answers on our awesome Facebook page, which you guys should totally check out if you haven't already. And uh, yeah, so stay tuned for that.
Hi, I'm Patsy the Angry Nerd, lover of science and sharks. And I'm Ashes Von Nightmare, the real housewife of Transylvania and mistress of Merlot. And, and we're, we're the, the hosts host of the Throwdown Thursday, Thursday podcast. podcast, part of the Somebodies and Grand Guignol Networks. Join us each and every Thursday as we break down all the characters you love and love to hate. That's right. We cover characters from movies, television, books, video games, and even real historical figures. Plus, we discuss science. And wine. Like, so much wine. Like, all the wine. We also pit random characters against each other in free-for-all contests voted on by you, the listener, and reveal the results the following week. Did I mention the wine? Like, there's a lot of wine. So join us on our journey through pop culture on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. And we, and we will, will see you next Thursday. Thursday. Hi, this is Stan Bush from Transformers the Movie, and you're listening to Retro Red Octopus. You got to touch. Do you like retro video games? 80s and 90s toys and have a love for nostalgia. Hi, I'm Russ Lyman. What's up, guys? I'm Jay, the NES addict. Welcome to the Weekly Warp Pipe. Jump into the Warp Pipe with us and go back to revisit all the awesome things from our childhood. That's right. Every week we discuss something new like the hardest NES games. Or what it's like to get prizes out of cereal boxes. What our top 10 toys were. <laughs> Battle Beast. No, dude. It was Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah. Cowabunga. So be sure to check out theweeklywarpipe.com for more info. And we're proud to be a part of the Dorkening Podcast Network. That's right. You can join us every Saturday at 7 a.m. for new episodes anywhere you listen to podcasts. Or catch the video version on YouTube at the Weekly Warpipe channel. That's the Weekly Warpipe every Saturday at 7 a.m. The Weekly Warpipe. Hey, are you ready to do some bacon? It's about that time where we ask you, the audience, to octo-ponder this. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, as I alluded to earlier, so we posted the, a question on our Facebook group uh, for the octo-ponder called, uh, that says, what was the first, first, duh, <laughs> what was the one toy you always wanted but never got? So we will start off with the same, we'll just go in the same order. So okay. keep it all right, so I will tie it into the Fisher Price toys that I was talking about earlier. Um, so I mean, there were so many different toys that I had wanted, but uh, when it came to the Fisher Price, there was a there was another castle they came out with later called the Fisher Price Magic Castle, and it was a gold castle that had a lion head on the front of it, and it came with some pretty cool different knights and things. But what made it so awesome? was at the Magic Castle, if you bought, there was a pack of figures that were a wizard and a witch toy. And they were so awesome. They were completely cool and different. But if you had those figures and you had the Magic Castle, they would unlock like lights and sounds and like all these different special effects that would happen Magic. in the castle if you put them in different places. And I wanted those wicked bad, but I also fully understood. I'm like, I already have a castle. There's literally yeah, yeah. zero chance in hell that I'm ever <laughs> going to get the Magic Castle and the Wizard Witch pack. But I still really wanted it. So, I don't know. I'll go with that one. <laughs> nice. nice. This is Greeny Alchemy. Um, so, I had to think about this one because there were a lot of things I was like, you know, I, I, I never 
a, a lot of the toys and stuff from back then, I was like, no, no, I see why this was a bad choice and, and kind of moved on from it. But there was one that I really wanted, but I kind of was too big for it when it came out, was the My Size Barbie. Um, and the, <laughs> the premise of this was it was a three-foot-tall doll um, that you could actually, like, wear her clothes like you could trade clothes back and forth and and all these other things but by the time that that came out i was already like three and a half four feet tall so uh, like i wanted it but i also was like like I it's not my it size barbie, it's not it's right? no longer my size barbie so i was just i was very distraught with that. i should just I have friends have. <laughs> i should just i should just have friends <laughs> awesome parasite steve um I am gonna go with um the die cast Voltron from 1981. This was the metal version of the figure. Yes. And uh this is always basically my whole life. When anybody asks this question, this is always the first thing that uh pops into my head. It wasn't like I was I was an occasional fan of the show. I wasn't like a Voltron enthusiast or anything like that. I liked it, but I I don't know. I thought this was the awesomest toy in the entire world. I, I remember seeing it in the, the store. I thought that it was the most insane thing that it was made of metal. You know, you could take it all apart and, you know, all the pieces became, all the limbs became the, the lions. And, you know, I, I just, I just thought it was the awesomest thing ever. So yeah. I'm always going to say Diecast Voltron 1981. Diecast Voltron. Uh, there is, there is a remake uh, right now that um, is absolutely a, gorgeous absolutely freaking gorgeous you can buy them you can find them they're not in the reseller market yet um you can go to like big bad toy store and it's uh in places like that and you know it is metal and it is absolutely gorgeous and it is also 700 dollars. so you know <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yes awesome. Right awesome so uh my pick is uh metroplex from uh transformers uh he was like the the autobot version of tripticon but oh, he, right. does, he doesn't he doesn't look nearly as cool as tripticon but i just thought because i would play with my cousin's tripticon all the time like, i think it would, would have been cool to have a metroplex because they're like mm -hmm. in, the, in the war they're they're like they're like rivals right right and so, I, yeah. I just thought you know i just thought it would have been you know cool to be able to have them yeah. to get out, you know, whatnot. Right. For sure. Was there was there like a evil version of Skylinks? Oh, it's the train. Astro Train. Astro Train, yes. Yep. Yeah, he was in the movie too. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right. So that's those are our picks. Now I will read off all of your answers. And we'll start with uh Josh Nealis, and he says a natural lightsaber. I totally always wanted that too. I mean, who, like who like the super one? replica ones. Yep. Right. Yeah. Adam Letourneau says, "Tough one. I have two in mind, but the one that sticks out is Atari. We had an Odyssey two and a ColecoVision, but I always wanted Atari because the games were better, and I wanted to play Pitfall. I probably asked my parents for one six hundred and fifty-seven times, but never got it." Honorable mention goes to Fireball Island. I was immediately jealous of of anyone who had that game. Colleen says, "Colleen says, oh man, 
okay, I, I, I always really like, <laughs> I, I always really, really wanted boy toys. Uh, my parents were livid over my love of Voltron, Ghostbusters, and He-Man. They were super strict with gender roles. Uh, I really, really, really wanted the Ghostbusters Firehouse or even just any of the action figures, but I wasn't allowed because I wasn't a boy. That, is that sucks. I had that mentioned is- that when, when we were talking about it, because I was like, you know, some of the toys I would have said would have been like boy toys, but because I had a little brother, I still got to play with a lot of those, like the right. Hot Wheels and stuff. Yeah. But- <laughs> right, right. Yeah, actually, one of the ones for me was an Easy Bake Oven. I wicked bad wanted a fucking Easy Bake Oven, but it was like, My oh, it's a girl toy. It's for, gore. it's for girls. It was and not worth like- the light bulb weight. Yeah. <laughs> no. I, Everyone I, says I will tell you now. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. I always wanted one. I was like, man, I hope they come out with a boy one. And then they came out with like creepy crawlers, which weren't edible at first. And then they made incredible edible creepy crawlers. And then they were candy, but I, I never got any of that. But those those almost were my pick, too. Nice. Justin Cooper says, Lego Pirate Ship. My family bought me one two years ago for my birthday because I talked about it so often. That's fun. Phil Conti says, Hands down, the two biggest, most expensive toys of my childhood that I wanted and never got were the G.I. Joe Aircraft Carrier and Transformers Headmaster Fortress Maximus. Yes. Uh, Actually, I I read about Fortress Maximus, and apparently at the time, he was considered as the biggest figure. I don't know how big, but he was like, must have been like enormous compared to all the other toys. Uh, Steve said he says, G.I. Joe aircraft carrier. I have a feeling we're going to be hearing a lot of that today. Yeah. Uh, PJ Rahal, our good boy. Good boy, PJ. Congrats on your on your directorial debut. Uh, he says Unicron, which I can agree with. Um, mm-hmm. Stevie Greg the second says Beast Wars Transformers probably only be only mentioned. Probably only mentioned it once, but having deaf parents, they probably thought I was just babbling. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> that was oh, so yeah. bad. I asked for it only one time, but. <laughs> that is so bad. It fell on deaf ears. I feel, I feel terrible just reading that out loud. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Andrew Kahn says Millennium Falcon or the USS flag. Yes, that's that the G.I. Joy aircraft carrier that everyone wants so bad. Uh, Joshua Adams says the OG proton pack or the die cast vehicle Voltron. Voltron. Oh, yeah, the there you go. Steve's Steve spec. Yeah. But that's the vehicle one, not the lion one. So this is, this is a, a different Voltron. Oh, okay. Oh. That's so, die cast was all about was, was the, like Voltron's thing then, huh? Yeah. yeah so uh, I guess the, the, the vehicle version of Voltron was like the, the more hated one <laughs> huh. over, the, over the other one. Uh, yeah, so Rachel Leiter says Molly the American Girl doll. Uh, Barry a- Abraham, I, I don't know if this counts as a toy or not, but I'll read it anyways. Uh, he says a samurai sword and nunchucks. I still don't know why nunchucks are illegal in mass. So, are you, like, are you talking about like toys or are you talking about real you wanted to be a like ninja a turtle sword? obviously or or or, uh, or were you just gonna play turtle. with real nunchucks real like... nunchucks right so like why would that be uh whatever <laughs> uh hmm. tom morse jr says voltron five lines set um jonathan rick ricard brown says voltron uh 
Randy Carter, our, our good pal over at the Swan Vise band, uh, says, probably the USS Flag. There you go. Uh, the G.I. Joe aircraft carrier. It was way too expensive, and I was a bit too old for, for G.I. Joe toys at that point, but I definitely wanted it. And then he replies to his own comment that says, good news. You can buy one. You can buy one with the original box for $10,000 on eBay. With a smiley face. Oh, perfect. <laughs> yeah. Nice. That's awesome. Uh, Brian Les says. Things do true. <laughs> right. <laughs> If you're rich. Um, Brian Lesk says, Fortress Maximus. Uh, James K. says, Skeletor's Snake Mountain playset. I mean, I had the Castle Grayskull. I needed that to balance it all out. Which is cool. Uh, and then Rihanna Madison says, the, the Eternia playsets. So that, that's oh. really cool. That, that's freaking fun. Yeah. Um, this one here... <laughs> I, I have read earlier, and I thought this was really sad. Um, so, <clears throat> friend of Mark Powers. So sorry, buddy. Uh, mostly Ghostbusters and TMNT toys. I never got a single one, but I watched my younger brother get all of them. Firehouse, <laughs> Ecto-1, Turtle Lair, Turtle Van, the Stupid Turtle Blimp, the Proton Pack, the Ghost Trap, and more action figures than you could shake a stick at. Bonus fun, we shared the bedroom. And then he oh. says, I, and then this is the this is the one that really hurt. He says, I I usually was given books and comic books. Uh was given uh, a few Captain Power toys when I was six and then got an NES with a Nintendo Power sub for one year on my seventh birthday, where I was told promptly in front of all of my friends and, and family that it was it, that it was actually for the house and not really mine that is so terrible brutal it, it like, like here you go happy birthday by the way it's not it, actually it's, not it's actually for everybody it's not just for you this is oh it's so sad that hurts and then, and then he goes and and that and i wasn't allowed to play it on school days or after 5 p.m on sundays which was awesome when my mother would sit down and play pac-man with my brother's nes advantage for hours monday through friday and that's why wow. I don't care about toys or gaming at all that much on my birthday. <sighs> Sorry, dude. That is that's uh, that's some freaking uh, trauma there, man. That yeah, is a little fun. bit of a trauma dump. He did add yeah. more to it, but I don't want to depress the the episode anymore. Um, so John uh, John Bless Blissal, if I'm saying your last name correctly, um, the Mask Thunderhawk Camaro. Frank Ramirez says the die-cast Matchbox Deluxe Voltron 3, Lion Force Voltron, and the yeah, Deluxe nice. Dino, Dino Megazord from Bandai. Mm. Nice. That's some good ones. That's definitely the same the same Voltron. That I yeah, I think it's a different one, yeah. Uh, David Heikren Hike, David says, sit and spin. I always wanted to vomit at high, at high speeds. LOL. I no. had one of those. They, they, they were great. <laughs> I just need a good way to get like barfing to happen regularly. I my yeah. favorite rides have always been like the teacups and stuff that spins around. So I the idea of like just doing teacups. a yeah, sit the, and spin was like this is the greatest. <laughs> I brought the teacups home with me. Right. <laughs> and then he continues with, "No, seriously, I really wanted a pinball machine ever since I was five. Coleco made Coleco Vision, which had good graphics for the time, so those two. I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. Um, 
That's cool. Uh, Ian Wallace, our, the, the boy wonderful, our good pal over yeah. at Amalgamania. He says, so many. I'm going to say the USS flag from G.I. Joe. This is like like the fourth man. Everybody wants that fucking point. thing. Everybody How much that. was this toy? Why did nobody toy? get it? Why did it so big? Really expensive back then. Um, he says it was it was massive and it has so many cool accessories and places for the Joes to go. If classifieds made made one, I'll have to get it on general purpose. So now today, I don't know what it started at. Now today, it's it's like a two thousand dollar toy. Jesus Christ! It is um, fucking massive. Oh, it was a hundred and nine dollars, like ten feet wide. So it 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 came out and it was a hundred and nine dollars, and that is uh, a lot of freaking money for the time. My God, I, I'm trying. Uh, eighty five, <clears throat> hundred and nine dollars, eighty five. My God. Wow. No yeah. wonder why. Jeez. It is the biggest thing. It is the biggest toy like that I know of. Like the biggest yeah. playset. Yeah. So you park your car on it. Yeah, that's insane. Um. Then, you have your friend sleep over, put a nice little little sleeping bag on top of that, and like <laughs> you have yourself a cot. I'll be like, hey, uh, buddy, you can take my bed because I'm sleeping on the USS flag. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Actually, push over. There's room for two. <laughs> Scoot over. Scoot over, man. You and me, uh, we're GIs today. We're Joes. Dan Maltani says Soundwave. Nice. And uh, Ashes Hammond Ray Hall. Uh, she says the original gem in the hologram dolls. I remember wanting. <laughs> I read this earlier. This is pretty funny. I remember wanting one so bad that I tried to steal one from one of the kids at daycare. She wasn't Aww. playing with. She wasn't playing with hers properly, and obviously didn't deserve to have her. <laughs> obviously. 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 Yeah. obviously, obviously, I had obviously. I had plenty of Barbie, so my parents, <laughs> so my parents refused to buy her for me because they were pretty much the same thing. The audacity, really. The audacity. The they audacity. are not. The <laughs> Jeez. Uh, Christina Terry says, one of those wee, wee Jeeps you could actually drive. Oh, I know. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Like, oh, uh, I remember like those. Wheels, yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Power wheels, yep. And, uh, Kelly and Tommy yeah. had one of those. That was one of their sets. They had the little Jeep. <laughs> nice. They knew what's and, up. Uh, and uh, finally, the last one for the night, Carrie Sanders says, I think for me, since I didn't really play with toys and all we got and we and we got the pony that all of us girls wanted, it would be the Legend of Zelda game. We rented it a few times, but I never got to own it and finish it. Hmm. Cool. Nice. Thank you so much, Thanks, guys. Everybody, those are amazing. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Look at all those. A lot of a lot of G.I. Joe love. That's Thank the, you for all the unfulfilled hopes and dreams. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Expressing right. your sadness yeah, on the, the internet. Childhood, childhood trauma in force. Everyone's got it. <laughs> right. All right. So now we're back to the meats and potatoes of the show. So we'll uh, start off with uh, 8-Bit Aquaman. All righty. So, uh, so my second pick is, uh, you know, needs no introduction. I was obviously a huge fan of Pokemon and still am, but I wanted to make sure I got to talk about all the ridiculously cool Pokemon spinoff toys that they had going on throughout the 90s. Um, because other than just the games and the cards and the cartoon and all that other shit, uh, there was a lot of really like creative toys that they came out with. Mm -hmm. Um, 
the first one that came to mind was the Pokedex. They made a Tiger Electronic Pokedex uh, that I had the the first iteration of, and it was a complete Pokedex with all 151 Pokemon. It had a keyboard and a numpad so that you could type in things and you could search for the Pokemon by name or by their number. Um, it had an LCD display similar to like a calculator, and it would show a little picture of whatever Pokemon that you looked up. They would animate a couple frames of animation, and you could also press a button and have them do a, a special attacks you could see like pikachu shooting electricity or whatever you could do that for every pokemon and uh it would also allow you to build your own list on it so you could like keep track of what pokemon you've caught if you wanted to you know go through that and not just play the game but also have like your companion pokedex and do it that way uh and it was honestly really really fun this was a potential contender for one that i also was a, a dream toy i never got because the second and third iterations of the Pokedex toy. Uh, the second iteration actually talked, so it was like the Pokedex in the anime. So it'd be like Magmar, the butthead Pokemon. You know, it would say like all that shit. And uh, and then the, the, the one that came out for Gold and Silver was a totally different design, and it had all the Pokemon for the first and second generation. And, uh, and I wanted those wicked bad. But, you know, it's like, well, I already have a Pokedex. There's no way I can get another one. Yeah. Uh, but I love those. Uh, there was also Tiger put out a, a game that was that was just called the Pokeball, like Tiger Pokeball oh, right. game. And it was like a big three-dimensional Pokeball that would open up. And on the you know bottom side of it was a like a network of these little like LED lights. And... Uh, and so what would happen is you'd start the game up and there would be a Pokemon that would appear on the, on, there was like an LCD screen on the top half. And then you would have to tilt the Pokeball in such a way to move the LED, the, the light up, you know, the little lit up light. And you got to move it by balancing it until the light perfectly lights up the middle spot. And then once the middle spot was lit up, there was two buttons that you could press to try to catch the Pokeball, uh, try to catch the Pokemon. And if you know sometimes it would work sometimes it wouldn't but you would basically do it uh and it would keep track and say okay cool you caught caterpie great now it goes into your you know your thing and you can pull them up and look at them at any point in time and you could just keep playing it and catch all the different pokemon that way and honestly that's like probably one of the most creative toys i've seen come out for pokemon it was just really unique and uh I mean, honestly, can't say I've seen it ever again other than the one that I had. And, uh, you know, just Tiger Electronic doing everything they could to cash in on on whatever, you know, all the Tiger handhelds. But I loved the Tiger Pokeball game. Um, there was also a ton of Japan only uh, and, uh, and also some released in America of these power bouncers uh which are just super bouncy balls they're super bouncy balls that all had different pokemon minifigures inside of them and uh, we always left them in the package because i'm like i don't want to actually play with the bouncy ball like that's not a thing i can do inside and i didn't really want to get them wrecked and and the packaging was awesome because steve actually got me a lot of these from ebay um ebay in the 90s was still very much like it was up and running thing people were selling stuff from japan and uh, my absolute favorite was i had a two-pack that was the dratini and dragonair two-pack and they were vertically oriented and uh it had all the japanese names and numbering and everything on there and uh, it was just hung up on my wall i hung it up on the wall it was just a cool decoration um really like that i could not find a single photo of it on google I, I, as far yeah. as Google is concerned, it is not like uh, there's no photographic evidence of it, but I had tons of them. Um, and uh, 
And uh, they also had, you know, just an absolute shitload. Like, I, I mean, they must have made one for every single Pokemon, but of just proper figures that are not, like, super tiny. They're just, you know, collectible size. They're small, but they're not as small as the ones in the bouncy balls. Uh, and these were, I mean, honestly, some of my favorite toys ever. I, I used these Pokemon minis, you know, these Pokemon figures in conjunction with my Fisher-Price stuff all the time. Like, if I didn't feel like playing with the Fisher-Price guys, I would have the Pokemon come in and play on the forest and the castle and just, like, do whatever. Uh, and, I mean, there was just, like, no better quality figures before or since. Still, if you look up this original run of the figures and everything, the paint jobs are perfect. Everything looks so well done. It's very, very well colored. Um, some of my standout favorites were definitely Sand Shrew and Sand Slash. Uh, Vaporeon, Flareon, Jolteon, all were amazing. I loved the Lapras figure for some reason, even though Lapras wasn't even a favorite. Um, Venonat and Venomoth were great. Scyther was a big deal because I couldn't catch Scyther because I had blue version. So having the Scyther figure was like just, you know, kind of fulfilling my life in some way. Uh, <laughs> Kabutops was also really cool. And Gengar was super cool because he was one of the only ones that was actually clear, but he was an opaque dark purple. So like you could kind of see through him a little bit, but he was, you know, still like a, a solid figure. Yeah, and uh, yeah, translucent purple. And he had like, but like really dark red eyes on the front of him. And I'm like, Oh my God, he's so cool. He's not even one of my, like, he's like favorite. really a ghost. He's, he's like, like a real ghost. ghost. Oh, he's so like... he's man. Ah, oh, uh, love that. Uh, and then uh, there was a, a bunch of toys from Japan that were models that you could build, and then they would become like a wind-up toy. So I had a Nitto King uh, model toy that I got, you know, I got in the box, I had to build it, put it together, and then you could just kind of wind up a little crank on the side, and he would walk forward slowly, just shuffling his feet along. But I, uh, I primarily just loved him because he was so much bigger than all the other figures. I had the Nitto King figure, and the Nitto King model was like five times the size. So he was just so awesome. I'm sure there was plenty more of those. Uh, and then my like my favorite that I remember really, really getting into, um, they they had these little these little play sets that were called Pokemon House, and uh, Pokemon House toys were. I mean. I, I've never like really had a poly pocket or anything. Um, but I feel like it's probably similar where it's just a uh, like a little clamshell playset that is all nice and compact, and then you pop it open and inside of it you got two Pokemon figures of, of two two different guys and just some little accessories. So there was all these different ones. There was one that was a city and there was like a road and a place a playground in um, your house and there was a Pokemon center that you could go into. There was a beach one where there was palm trees and there was a couple of little islands and uh, like a waterfall and stuff. Uh, there was a forest that had uh, trees with a little hammock and you could put the Pokemon in the hammock and swing it back and forth. It was very, very fun and very cute and, uh, you know, definitely a fully featured toy. I mean, it's like looking at these now, they're so unbelievably simple, but I loved them. They were so creative just to have this whole little biome, this whole little environment contained in this little clamshell thing. Uh, there was also a island, like island park that kind of had like a grass leaf, uh, 
like roof, you know, like that tropical kind of style of roofing. And, uh, and that had, you know, a couple other elements to it. And they made, they made a bunch of these, they actually rebranded them and started selling them instead of as like city or beach or park or forest, they started just to name them by letter. So there was a type B C D and I type. And a lot of those were the exact same. Uh, but a couple of them were completely unique. And, uh, there was actually one that I had from a separate later generation of these playsets that was from uh, in the Pokemon anime when they did the the second season. They did the Orange Islands, and uh, oh, yeah. that was just like a whole unique storyline that they never had in the games or anything. Uh, but one of the elements of the Orange Islands was there was one of the islands was called Pinkin Island, and for some reason, all the Pokemon there were pink, and there was uh, Rhydons. There was a bunch of Rhydon that were pink. And this place that actually came with a Psyduck in a pink Rhydon. And uh, and it was super cool. It had a it actually had a Pokemon like stadium segment that like would be, you know, just kind of look like a battle arena. And then the the kind of two sides of the arena would open up and it would reveal like another level to the the battle arena. Um, I love these dang things. They were so cute and cool and just such a unique idea for just some other way to kind of play with Pokemon toys. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that, that was, uh, you know, that, those were kind of the main ones that I had. There was, there was another toy that I, I didn't remember until today, but it was called like the, the grabber, like the grabber ball or something, Pokeball grabber. And it was like a, it was a Pokeball that you would open up and it would click and it would click like at a 180 degree angle. And then the idea is that you would lower it down onto your Pokemon figures and it would like hit a pressure trigger and then the ball would clamp shut and you'd be like, Hey, I'm catching the Pokemon. So, uh, I definitely had like one or two of those. And, uh, I don't know. They just, they, obviously Pokemon was the biggest craze ever. So they went ape shit with coming out with all these toys. I'm sure there are, hundreds that i've never even seen of different uh random toys but those are the ones i had and i loved them a lot and uh i i really if nothing else look up that pokeball tiger toy it's like the coolest one i think nice cool yeah i totally remember that all right greenie you're up next so i was a barbie girl who became a living dead teen so I had picked Living Dead dolls as as my other um, collectible series. Um, so I'm not sure how familiar you guys are with these, but they were very popular in the like mid 2000s. Like, um, so they they started being commercially released in 2000, and I got my first one when I was. 15 so that would have been 2006 or so was when i got my first one and they were already on series 12 when i got them um so they are these 10 inch dolls and if you were ever in like a spencer's or a hot topic and you saw these black coffins um with these creepy dolls in them that's that's what they were they were mezco toys they were created by ed long and damien glonick glonick probably butchering his last name um and they would come out with like two series in a year average. Um, and they would consist of like five or so dolls on the average, um, usually four girls and one boy with some variation here or there, depending on the series that they did. And these were the greatest thing. And I was very, I was actually rather distraught when I realized 
earlier this year that they stopped releasing the series that they would do. Um, back in 2018, they released their last series, and it was series 35. And they released oh, wow. it as like, this is our 20-year anniversary since they started it because they actually started selling these dolls as like custom dolls that they would do back in um, 98. So yeah. they were like 2018, 20 years of doing this. This has been their thing. Um, they are still releasing a couple of other series lines that they have. Um, most specifically, the LDD Presents or Living Dead Dolls Presents dolls. Um, but so one Which of the tends things to be more like a franchise. Like they're more like, oh, this is a character from a yeah, movie. Yeah. So that you know, the dolls. Yeah, the original dolls that were coming out were not attached to anything, which was kind of weird that they were like, don't get me wrong, they were inspired by a couple of things. Like, they had a couple of characters. Um, their their um, poster child is this doll, Sadie, um, who's very resemblant to, like, a Wednesday Adams, um, but okay. she's not Wednesday Adams. In fact, Wednesday, the, the pre-order right now for the newest um, ex, um, LDD Presents is actually Wednesday from the show in her like the dance dress that she has where she's um, at the school dance on Netflix. So this, this doll was like a close resemblance inspired by, but all the other dolls were, were they were original thought con um, concepts. Um, whereas the living dead dolls presents are in, are much more like on the nose. Like there's a Beetlejuice doll. There's a Jason Voorhees. There's actually a couple of variations of Jason Voorhees that they've done. Um, along with Wednesday, they're releasing one that's from creep show. And it's like this um, guy with a skull and he's holding a head on a platter that has like candles on it, like a birthday cake. Um, okay. So they're really, really, creepy and some of them are a little more grotesque than others but so i started collecting these when i was 15 because i had i didn't go to the mall very often i lived in a very small town and the mall was over half an hour away so it was very uncommon to go and i found this one doll frozen charlotte at the mall and i was like i kind of want to get her i'm not really sure i kind of want to and i didn't end up getting her at the time and i'm kicking myself for that to this day because now when you look her up she's like a $300 doll um, mm. and she was 25 when I could have gotten her Gosh. but I I ended up getting another one from that series so my first living dead doll was Chloe from series 12 and um, one of the things that I absolutely love about these dolls is they come with poems they have one poem that's on the front of the box and then they have another poem that's on their death certificate that's signed by the the funeral directors um ed and damien and so i like would have these all framed and have the dolls out of the boxes and stuff um but chloe was is my is my baby she's my first one and she has like long black hair she's got these kind of like dark creepy like almost not spidery, but almost like cracked looking eyes. Um, and she wears this cute little black dress and has red and black striped tights. And she, um, her death certificate is that she is um, claustrophobically confined six feet under. Chloe couldn't move and started to wonder if I'm stuck down here, will I survive? It was then that she knew she was buried alive. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> so 
Yeah, I went from Kelly to this. This is this was my life. <laughs> I'm an adult. We're living dead dolls. Yeah. So I mean, so the joke comes up all the time. Um, and and even when when him was asking me about stuff today, when he was like, you know, dolls that you didn't have or anything, and I was like, a lot of the dolls that came out were baby dolls, and baby dolls actually creep me out to the umph degree. And then I go and rip these out, and people are like, no. No, you can't say dolls are creepy and then come out with the doll that doesn't have eyes. No, the one that's um, supposed to be creepy is not creepy. Exactly. It's the ones that are supposed to be cute and sweet and realistic. And you're like, exactly. wow. Like, they don't lie <laughs> to me. And it was funny because I was doing the research on this <laughs> right. and was don't like looking at interviews and stuff. And <laughs> don't lie to me. <laughs> which one of it? One of the guys, I think it might have been Ed, made a comment that he's that one of his fears is clowns, but not creepy clowns because it's the not creepy clowns that have this painted on smile and they have things to exactly. hide. And I'm right. like, that's ex that's how I feel about the dolls. I'm like, the, although the, the creepy clown Zebo from Are You Afraid of the Dark is just genuinely creepy. Yeah, he's just terrifying. <laughs> yeah, he's nightmare like, fuel. He, like, he, he will. He like he like breaks that rule. It's yeah. like oh, I'm no, not a clown fan. I, it doesn't matter whether they're creepy or not creepy. I'm not a clown fan. But the my, dolls. Was my just name on AOL thing. is not Clown Fan ninety one. That's for <laughs> <laughs> not a clown fan at all. And I so I was going through and doing some of my my stuff, looking them up. So Chloe um, was series 12. She was my first one I got. I have another one from series 12 who's Tessa. Um, and she is a tattletale who tattled all she saw until she got her eyes ripped out, nerve endings and all. And she literally like has empty sockets. And um, it, she's she probably tattletaling. Yeah. No eyes for you. She's probably points. my most gruesome one. Cause my other ones aren't as gruesome, but she's, she's my most gruesome one. Um, but the kids so are not gory, really. They're like, not there's gory. There's not like, blood. There's not guts. No, yeah. There's right? only a couple. There, there's only a couple that you see. Like, there's a couple zombie ones, um, and a couple of other variations that are like, mm, that's a little gross. Um, but they would have been released. So series twelve would have been about two thousand um, five. Um, the oldest dolls that I have, um, I actually got at a con a few years ago, but they were actually from series six. Um, and they are Revenant and Isaac. And so they would have been released about 2003. Isaac is the only doll sold in these series that actually has a plushy body. He is a scarecrow. Oh, and Mur, yeah, like our, our cat loves him because I used to keep him on a lower shelf and Mur would just go over and pull him off the shelf all the time. <laughs> yeah, you like Isaac would just end up on the floor because Mer would yank him off the shelf and be like, Mwah. He's like, Look, now he's there. Um, and Revenant was the first one to glow in the dark. So, and actually, I had to recharge her for a while because she had apparently she was just so old and so in the box for a long time that when I first got her, I was like, Oh no, she doesn't glow in the dark anymore. And then she had been out for like a couple of weeks. And suddenly there was a big glowy green thing in my room. I was like, oh, she just needed to charge, apparently. <laughs> She'd been <laughs> in the dark for so long. Um, but they're, they're these, like, 10-inch dolls. And they are super, like, the, the original dolls that they did, like, the custom dolls that they did, were actually these, um, like, baby doll kits. And um, Ed's mom had actually bought them with the idea of doing a couple of like angels or something. And Ed, who was a huge horror fan, had a different idea and painted them to look 
a little creepier. Um, and so he actually, the first doll that they created was not Sadie, who is the poster child, but actually this doll, Sin, who wears a pretty red dress and has um, red horns and creepy looking eyes. Um, and they started selling them at that point. So, but the, the doll itself is like a generic cutesy looking doll that's just painted and just and decorated to look more terrifying than that and i have a lot of them i want to say i'm probably up to like <laughs> 16 or 17 of them and they're not up yet because we moved and i haven't put up shelves yet and actually i just got two more of them that were um they were recreations of the original series that came out in 2000 but they re-released them for series 13. So I now have a, a Sadie and um, an Aposi, who is another one that was buried alive. Um, and, and I'm very excited about them now. I'm very proud of them. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Super fun. Nice. That's great. I mean, like both Barbie and Living Dead dolls. I mean, those are things that we don't know about and we haven't talked about and, and stuff. So, you know, I'm yep, so glad you got to come perfect, on and just bring a perfect totally format for this. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. I, I would highly suggest they, they are awesome. Um, oh, actually I was saying the other, the other day, they were actually banned in Greece in uh, 2002. Greece was like, mm, no. Yeah. So I this found this was like, with all of nah. oil. Yeah. Nah. So the quote that I found was um, the Greek government had banned them as they were quote, a serious threat to the smooth formation and development of the child's personality and mental health. We need our children to be smooth. <laughs> we don't want any of these bumpy kids. Yeah. Rough development cycles. We don't, we don't do that in Greece. And apparently Ireland and Singapore also like made motions to attempt to um, ban them, but, that they didn't go through, but Greece did actually ban them in, in 2020 or not 2020, 20, uh, 2002. I remember, um, learning about living dead dolls because, um, our buddy boss rush modes wife was really, or Mrs. Rush mode as he always called her, uh, was really into them. And I remember I have this memory. I don't know. I just never forgot this. Um, she was talking about there was at the time it was like a rare one that was I don't even think it was available here or something, but she had somehow gotten her hands on it. But it was a Krampus. Ooh. Yes, and, um, it's like super scary looking. Like they it's, released it's... a couple of them. They have a number of them that got released. Like one of the big things that they did was they would have exclusives. Mm -hmm. So like the first exclusive that was a Spencer's exclusive was actually um, Sinister Minister and Bad Habit. Okay. Um, and then they had a couple of exclusives that literally like were just in Japan or just they had a Jack the Ripper that was an exclusive just in England at one point. Um, so but they did have a number. I think they had three Krampuses and like mm -hmm. one was yep. available in the US, one was available in Japan and one was available might have been in they Germany. They are seriously creepy looking like more so they don't have like a. a a cute face that's painted creepy they have just a scary face yeah there's a few of yeah. them that do have a much more like terrifying look to them and then there's some like they would do a lot of like mystery ones um mm -hmm. there was one specifically who i always think of it was um his name is angus little rot and he came with a sack on his face and there were three variations of his face 
Um, but he had a, has a hook for a hand because he reached into a stranger's candy bag because he was like, oh, free candy, and pulled back a stump. Um, but he has like this sack over his face. So it was like, oh, which one did you get? And there's one that's like horrifying. And then there's one that's like, oh, that one's kind of cute. <laughs> <laughs> so in that stranger's candy bag was a, a portal to a wood chipper. Apparently. Right. Uh, it was just, boom. oh, damn it. <laughs> but yeah, there's there's some that are super cute. And then there are some that are rather terrifying. I, I would say um, Series 9, Dawn and Toxic Molly are pretty like terrifying in their faces um but then you get ones like frozen charlotte and faith that are like it's literally just a doll in a different color and they look really cute nice all of them are dead but you know actually that's not true some of them are not dead they're like entities and therefore they're not dead they don't have a death some of them they they don't officially have a death certificate because they're they're an entity they're they're some sort of like um, concept like a being yeah not, or not like, really like they, a kid yeah, they did like a demon um, series at one point that, so like Beelzebub was one of them and it's literally like a little fly um, doll. But so that one didn't have, I, I think it did actually have a death certificate, but it wasn't, it didn't have a death date kind of thing on it. Like they still oh, had the Beelzebub poem. is scary. <laughs> yeah, he is. Like, oh my God. It looks like, you know what it looks like the, in the face? Because he's in a little cute fly costume, but right. it's like the boy from The Grudge. Does yes, he does. I could see that, yeah. Yeah, the meowing little child. Yeah. <laughs> and they, there's a lot. So when I was looking through all their stuff, um, they were asked like about like their their preference in like horror movies and stuff like that, and they were like a lot of inspiration comes from Japanese horror, but also Italian horror. They're like Italian horror movies can do stuff that that other countries just don't. They haven't figured out yet. So, like, their favorite horror movies are Italian horror movies. It's like, Lucio oh, Fulci. Uh, just like oh, Derek no. Rook. Just like Rook. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, they also have, like, other variations that go off of it. So, there's the... They did a Scary Tales <laughs> variation. I only have one of those. I have Little Red Riding Hood. Um, they had the Fashion Victim series, which was literally, like, Jessica Rabbit-style dolls that were... Um, versions of dolls that they'd already created so it was like oh let's take sybil was one of them and they turned her into one of the fashion victim dolls um and then they have minis which i do have a set of minis um that came in like a little mausoleum box <laughs> that's super fun. right nice awesome. they got very clever with a lot of these so I, and i was very upset when when i found out that they weren't coming out with another series just yet so i'm hoping that you know They'll if come it, back to it. They'll come back to it. I'm hoping that there will be a series 36 at some point. But there's, they also like, they they get laid to rest really quickly. They get discontinued. Um, like as soon as the series is out, they're like, that's it. Whatever's out there is out there. So um, when it comes to like trying to get dolls that are already out, they're like, yeah, it was 25 bucks if you happen to catch it in store. But they're pretty much 100 bucks once you're looking for I mean, them. It's like so many things are like that at this point. You have to like buy every every toy whatever it is in the collector market that's for adults it's like you got to get it in pre-order essentially now because yeah if you don't you you might be able to find it right but you probably won't and if you wait another four months or six months you're gonna find them on ebay for three times the price yeah right. yeah <clears throat> exactly that's just so frustrating yeah 
Awesome. Yeah. All right. Parasite Steve. Okay. So I know we're running really late here. So I don't know. This is, I'm going to try to do what I can do, but man, this is one I'm passionate about. Uh, there's a lot to say too. One of my favorite toy lines of all freaking time by far. I was a, I was a kid who loved dinosaurs. This has been mentioned. This is the best dinosaur thing I think that's ever existed. Uh, Dino Riders. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. I love this freaking mm -hmm. line so much. It's ridiculous. I uh, They were the best dinosaur things. They were dinosaurs plus sci-fi. It was absolutely awesome. So, okay. So there's a bunch of toys. I can go through some of them. But basically what a Dino Rider was, they came in all different sizes, which was great because you had all different price points. There were cheap Dino Riders, like Lego sets. And there was like medium ones. There, and there were like always per series, there was one really expensive one. Um, so you had the big plastic dinosaur. These things were really, really well-made. I had never, I still, to this day, it's hard to like think of better looking dinosaur toys. They were decent size. The big ones were huge and, um, they were posable to a point, you know, they're just plastic, but they're, they're posable to a point. Usually their heads moved or, you know, some, sometimes the mouths open, sometimes the necks move back and forth. Sometimes the legs and the tails would move kind of that kind of stuff. Um, and they had these really, really awesome glass eyes that really gave them like a different quality than any other toy had. They kind of looked alive. It was really cool. Um, and you had the good guys and you had the bad guys. Um, the good guys are like boring humans. Who cares? The bad guys are these amazing aliens called the Rulons. And uh, they are they are led by Krulos, I believe his name was, the, the, the head of their race. And all of all of the Rulons were like different animal like guys, but they're all like ugly, gross animals like bugs. Or there was there was uh, sometimes there were hammerhead shark guys. There was like cobra guys um all different all different bugs all different ones they would reuse the same um molds a lot and um and just give them different paint jobs and call them different characters depending on which set they came with um but so the the main thing is you got your dinosaur you got your characters but then each dinosaur also has armor that would go on its back sometimes if it was bigger there would be even more like the T-Rex had armor that went on the legs, on the tail, on the back. And if you were a bad guy, they also had this thing that went on their head and that was called the brain box. And the story is that like, there are these, um, you know, stupid humans who cares and they go down. I don't even can't remember what they're called. Like who gives a shit? They, they, they crash land on this planet and then there's the evil, rulons follow them and then they all discover dinosaurs at once and depending on if you're good or bad you had different ways of like using the dinosaurs to your advantages now the good stupid humans are like good so they're boring and they're like oh let's be friends and like yay power yay. but the evil freaking rulons are like well we don't have time for this crap let's just invent brain boxes and and they're like these helmets that literally mind controlled the dinosaurs and bent them to their will. It's so dark, messed um, so messed up. Um, so depending on which dinosaur it was, um, it was either a good guy or a bad guy for the toy. 
Um, there was only one dinosaur in the first wave that got to be both, um, which is the Dinonychus, which is basically what the Velociraptor in Jurassic Park actually was. Um, so there was a good guy and a bad guy, Dinonychus. Every other one, it was either or. So, like, my favorite dinosaur is always the Triceratops, has been mentioned endlessly on this show. Mm-hmm. That was actually an evil one. He was a bad guy, uh, which... I, I thought it was so crazy. I'm like, really? The Triceratops is bad? But yeah, he was bad. He actually had one of the best looking brain boxes, too. He had a really cool helmet. Um, and there's just a bunch of neat characters. Like I said, all different price points, all different sizes. The big ones came with more character, more figures as well. Um, so just to run down some of the best ones, C- Series 1, you had the biggest one is the T-Rex. And then the Triceratops uh, is down from there, followed by um, the Diplodocus was the biggest good guy. He's like a brontosaurus, but um, the Diplodocus is long. That's like famous for being the very long sauropod. Um, and uh, he was really awesome. Every Every bit of armor that each character got was like, intensely unique none of them felt like oh this is the same thing that comes with the other guy or whatever like that no every single thing every single character was so freaking unique so you really had like like right now i have a box of these guys i still have them the problem is all the armor is just off so i have a box of dinosaurs and like pieces of armor that could go for anything and it's really like it would it would take some serious time for me to go through and like figure out what what goes to who and whatever and the problem is a lot of the armor for the bigger guys was held out uh, held on by these rubber bands that there were these special rubber bands that looked cool they were purple um they were really flat and wide and those have deteriorated and snapped and they don't really last um but you know it's it's other than that they look amazing still um so uh, Diplodocus was the biggest uh, good guy of this line and followed by the Taurosaurus, which is my favorite overall. Taurosaurus is like a Triceratops, a little bit different. Um, he's, he's the only one that I have on display currently. He's got all his armor and everything. Uh, he also has like one of the coolest armors, I think. He, really, really cool. I love the Taurosaurus. Overall favorite. I liked him better. The, the actual figure of the dinosaur I thought looked a lot better than the Triceratops. In this case... Uh, I really, really dug this guy. Um, there's, there's lots of really cool guys. There's some pterosaurs. There's a good guy and a bad guy pterosaur. Pteranodon was evil. Quetzalcoatlus is good guy. Um, all different ones. Um, series two comes out. The big one is a good guy this time. instead of the T-Rex, it's the Brontosaurus. And this was a contender. Um, just like 8-Bit, you said, this was a contender for a big toy that I always wanted, but never got the, uh, Dino Riders Brontosaurus. Uh, I did have a ton of these guys. I, I have to admit, I can't complain at all. Um, for a, a couple of years there, like everybody was giving me di- cause I was such a dinosaur kid. And so, like, everybody was giving me Dino Riders for birthdays and stuff like that. And I did end up getting a lot of them. But the Brontosaurus, I remember distinctly, was $80. And it was like, mm-hmm. no way. That is way too much money. We're not buying right. that. You don't need yeah. it. And um, it is really amazing, though. It really is awesome. The Brontosaurus is really, really freaking cool. And uh, I love I love the uh, the tech. I love his armor. He's It's so cool. Because it's... It's armor 
but it's also weaponry. There's like, you know, different turrets with cannons and places for figures to sit because they are the dino riders after all. So they're riding on the backs of these guys. And uh, it really is so cool. It's so worth it. If you guys are interested and you remember this line and you want to look into it again, a really, really, really great website to go to is dinoriders.world.com. It's really like the most comprehensive of all the Dino Rider fan sites that I found. I love it to pieces. They have incredible amounts of scans of the box art, the boxes, the box art. Oh my God. Every yeah, single I remember the one box of these. Art. So cool. Every yeah. single freaking box art was like worthy of being on your wall. It, it's unbelievable how good that, how good the art was for this series. I mean, the box is just unbelievably awesome. Um, another favorite, uh, big favorite that I had actually probably my favorite from series two is called the Kentrosaurus kind of looks like an evil Stegosaurus. The Stegosaurus also came out with the, with season two series two Stegosaurus was a good guy. Kentrosaurus was evil. And, uh, oh man, did I love the Kentrosaurus. He's got more spikes on the tail. He's a little bit smaller than the Stegosaurus, but holy crap, was he awesome. Some of the bigger guys too were, uh, were motorized too. So like, the T-Rex, the Triceratops, the Brontosaurus, the Diplodocus, uh, they, they were they were motorized and could actually walk. And that that, that was pretty cool. And the smaller yep. ones didn't. Um, you know, going down, there was a season three, series three. Series three only had three. So the other ones had like, you know, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten for series two. And one, I think, even has more. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. twelve. So we went from twelve to ten to three. It's like wow. Um, okay, so I didn't have any of season three at all. Series three, um, so they're kind of cool. One, only one's a repaint. They made a, an evil version of a, an existing uh, toy, which was the only time they did that. I mean, like they had the two Dinonychus that came out at the same time, the good and the bad. And this is the only time that they later re-released with a new paint job and made it evil. It's like they they could have spammed that. They could have done that to, tons of them. You know what I mean? Made doubles of everything and just doubled up, you know, everything. Just easy. But they didn't. So there's an evil Quetzalcoatlus. Um, there's hmm. also this really, really cool... I've, I don't even know. I, I assume this is a real animal. I, they, all, they all are, I guess. But it's called a Pachyrhinosaurus. And oh my god, it's got like the biggest horn. It is so cool. I would I would have loved to have found this guy. I feel like I never even saw series three. After that, it went into the Ice Age. It was Dino Riders Ice Age. There was four, and the big one was the woolly mammoth, and that was the only motorized one. There was also a giant ground sloth, a saber-toothed tiger, which I actually had, mm. and the fourth one is called the Killer Warthog which is hilarious and uh, only because, you know, 8-Bit and I are such, you know, bio nerds and we love animals. We love animals. Creatures and extinct things. Uh, I know that this is um, what this is. This is the, um, oh my God, I had the name before we recorded. It's the, uh, the, the big pig. Remember, Tim, what's the big evil pig that from, it begins with an E? From, uh... From walking like with, with beast. beast, yeah, yeah, it was the. Uh... Oh shoot! I can picture it, but I, I, I don't know the name of it. It's so <laughs> funny. Uh, I had it a hundred percent in my head before we started recording, but uh, uh, I can't. Wah, wah. 
Should have written um, it down. Oh, well. So uh, after that, the funny thing is that um, they, so this these were made, I didn't say it. These were made by Tyco. Uh, same as, you know, the. Like, like the that's how you spell control, RC. Yeah. Remote control cars. Right. So Tyco made these. And when they kind of became not popular anymore and they stopped selling, um, Tyco had like an absolute crap load Oh, the good guys are called the Valorians, BT dubs. Who cares? Um, the <laughs> fuck them. <laughs> fuck those guys. They're so boring. They're also they're just all like boring, boring blonde Ken dolls. Basically, they're they're so so lame. Um, but that's not why you you collect Dino Riders. So yeah, so they had uh, a whole bunch of the dinosaurs left over, like in the, in the warehouse. They made too many. They're like, what are we gonna do? Like nobody's buying Dino Riders anymore. So they, you know what they did? They came up with the Smithsonian Institution line of dinosaur figures. And they literally reused all of the dinosaurs that they already had. They didn't even recolor them at all. They just left out all the sci-fi stuff. No armor, no figures. It's just a dinosaur in a box. And some of them were two packs. And it was literally the Smithsonian dinosaur line. And then they had the Ice Age too. Um, huh. Totally, totally repurposed weird. Them. Yeah, they totally repurposed them. There was 18 they ended up repurposing. And then they weren't done because at that point, oh, Cadillacs and Dinosaurs was a cartoon show that was based on a Malibu comics title. And yeah, um, yeah they reused the dinosaurs again. For Cadillacs and dinosaurs. Oh wow! Keep using them. They're good dinosaurs. I no know. one's gonna care. By God, we're gonna use them. So they had all different figures, and they had all different armor and stuff. And there were like Cadillac toys you could buy too. But for the dinosaurs, they there were four that they ended up reusing. There was only four dinosaurs in the whole line of Cadillacs and dinosaurs, and it was the Kentrosaurus, which is the one I said is like the evil Stegosaurus, uh, the Dinonychus. The Quetzalcoatlus, which is a big pterosaur, and the Triceratops. That's it. Those are the four dinosaurs and Cadillacs and dinosaurs. They didn't even have a T Rex. I mean, T Rex is like on everything. Like they didn't even have one. <laughs> it's the right. weirdest thing. Like, how weird is that? But right. they uh, maybe they didn't have any left. They're like, well, we're going to use the ones nobody bought and <laughs> throw those in there. Uh, really crazy. So. Anyway, the Dino Riders line kind of legendary, kind of uh, kind of a big hit, and then it faded, and then they were left screwed. <laughs> oh, so like, well, well, I don't know. We got to use these somewheres, right? Um, yeah. All right. So that's that's my spiel on Dino Riders. I love nice. them. Yeah, those are a lot of fun to play with for sure. I, my brother had the Triceratops one, I believe. That thing was cool. It's cool. Yeah. I mean, and and when they walked. Like certain ones, like the Triceratops, he would walk and the the neck was on a hinge, so the yeah, neck so was his way head would move side to side, and yeah. forth. That's yeah, I mean, cool. it just okay. it just like yeah. helped it feel alive. It was just yeah, really cool. yeah, really cool. And sure. and like I said, there were so many price points that it was it was great. You could lip just like Lego. You know, you literally can go and like, well, I'll just spend like twelve dollars today on this guy. This guy's like small. That's not so bad. Yeah. And then the big ones would be like expensive, and the middle ones would be mm. like maybe twenty maybe 30 or something like that. And those are going to be a birthday present thing or whatever. Yeah. Right. Good stuff. Awesome. Very good stuff. All right. So my pick last pick of the nights is the probably 
the the dark is based on these toys are based off of like most likely like the the most darkest kid show of all time and that is captain power and the soldiers of the future um so these these toys were really cool um i couldn't get all of them I, i i had captain power and i also had the uh what was that ship that that he rode in the uh xt something oh yeah right yeah whatever xt seven power jet that's what it was there there it is and um that thing was awesome and uh so for the first group of toys that came out for it they only released six figures for those a series one and series two and for series one they only released captain power lieutenant tank ellis major hawk masterson blastar ground guardian Sauron, Sky, Sentry, and Lord Dread, and then for Series Two, there's only four, an extra four, and then that was it. So you had Corporal Pilot Chase, Sergeant Scout Baker, Colonel Stingray Johnson, and Tritor Ocean Attack Warlord. So this show just wasn't a very big show. It only lasted for like one season, so they didn't have like a lot of characters and and whatnot, but um. And I, and I love the show, even though the show was dark. I love the shit out of it. And uh, one one of my my favorite things about this wasn't just these little action figures. It was absolutely one hundred percent the VHS games that came with it. And you can use your XT seven fighter jet or uh, Lord Dread's Phantom Striker, which is the the, the black jet. Um, you can. Play play the VHS tape. There's like this. There's three of them. You have the training one, and then like a moderate one, and an expert one. And uh, the whole thing is basically an anime. It's like the drawings and animation are just amazing. It's so freaking good. It's like like you don't even, you don't even need the toys. Just watch it, and you'll have a good time. Yeah, right. It was so good. And uh, what was cool about these toys is that. Um, they had sensors. They have two two sensors uh, on on the toys on the ships. One that detects uh, like a certain certain light pigments from the from the TV screen. Like uh, when you're watching the the video, you'll see like certain spots like on buildings or like maybe on the on the the evil robots. Like they'll have like like a a flashing yellow light, and that means that. They're attacking you. So what you have to do is you have to move your the your ship away from the TV, otherwise you'll lose lose a hit point. But once so they turn weird. like so, so interesting, so cool. Like to this day, like I don't, I don't, I've never seen anything like this before ever. Nothing quite like it at no, all. No, nothing mm-hmm. like this. And um, it, and then it'll change to like a like a reddish color, like a like a purplish color maybe or pinkish. I can't remember. And uh, that's when you can start shooting. And just gain more hit points or whatever. And uh, if you lose all your hit points, your uh, the the cockpit would, would just eject and whatever you can you can fit your your toys in there. You're like you can even fit GI Joe characters in this thing if you wanted to. Yeah. So like your 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 pilot would just eject and then it's like okay, well you're done, whatever. But there's this this little cheat that that we discovered was that when you pause. At the right moment, like right when the 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 color changes to that that reddish pinkish color, or whatever. Yep. You can just 
keep keep shooting that same spot over and over and over again until you get like a shit ton of uh, hit points and just just fun. I just I just absolutely love it. <laughs> it's awesome. So so much fun. It really absolutely. is a very very unique toy line. Like yep. really cool. Yep. And it, and it, we had done a whole episode on Captain Power way did, back actually, when, forever yeah, ago. Yeah, for yeah, season for one. The first season one. Yeah, very first season. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah. And the whole is... show's like on YouTube, so you can watch it. It's honestly good. Like it aged it pretty well. It's good. It's really good. I I enjoy it. And that and, and to this day, I, and I and I remember saying this in, in season one that that final episode, it's like holy shit! Like that was like no a a human like a, one of the good guys dying. It's like you never see that. Ever. Right. I mean, it really doesn't even feel like a kid's show. It's just sort of At like all. a like a yeah. dark sci-fi show that happened to have toys. You know, it's like yeah, it's weird. Really one of those weird things that that I remember that we mentioned in season one. It was like they didn't know what to do with the show. It's like, is it an adult show or is it a kid's show? What is it? <laughs> like right. It's, 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 it's super dark so that adults can watch it too. I think I think what happened was they hired J. Michael Straczynski and he was supposed to write a kid show and he wrote something that was way, way, way deeper and darker than they planned for, but they went with it anyway. Yeah. Uh, I think he went he it's like, come on, J. Michael, you didn't need to go so hard, but he did. Right. He did. Um, he hard, yeah. And uh, you know, obviously then he went on to Right, lots of great stuff, including Babylon yeah. Five. And, and there was going to be a, a second season, but <laughs> the second season was supposed to be even darker than the first one. It was like, yeah, no, we're, we're just—it's just like, um, kids. we're not going to do that. <laughs> right, you might be—you might be confused as to your audience here, sir. Right, right, yeah. So that's that's Captain Power. It's like I mean, there's really not a lot to talk about because it wasn't like a huge, a huge uh, show. It wasn't like a huge toy line or anything. But I. I thoroughly enjoyed those VHS yeah. tapes. There's just so much fun. And the, the toys are pretty pretty kick-ass too. Yeah, totally. Yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. And uh, unlike anything else. So, I mean, anyone who's unfamiliar, it's always worth reminding. Being like, hey, by the way, yeah, these things absolutely. were cool and they, you know, are lost to, to time. To time, yeah. I just wish that it would make a comeback to some capacity. Like, it would be a fun anime yeah. or something. Just yeah, yeah, I could see Netflix being like, "We got a Captain Power coming out." You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Why, back this random I mean, shit. You don't, even, don't even have to call it Captain Power. You can call it something like related, like Soldiers of the Future or something. Like, right. Whatever. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I think yep. that would be that would be wicked fun. Um, all right. Thanks a lot, guys. That that was a lot of fun. I know we're going on pretty freaking late here. Um, so we'll we'll just uh, we'll just end the show real quick. So uh, now it's almost time to catch that horizon. But before we say goodbye, let's go to this. Hey, you like old games? Yeah, yeah. So do we. But the thing is, there are new games that actually play like they're old games, but they're new. Anyway, it's time to check one of those out. This is Retro Nouveau. All right, everybody. I am 8-Bit Alchemy here, and I am uh, bringing you a episode of Retro Nouveau to talk Ooh. to you about a new game that looks old and feels old, but is new and is really fun. So we're going to talk about it real briefly. Uh, the game is called Gravity Circuit. Oh, yes. Uh, I'm so glad you're mentioning this. 
Gravity Circuit is a game that just just recently came out, uh, maybe a month ago or so. Uh, yeah. So you know, put that in August of 2023. Uh, it is developed by Domesticated Ant Games, and it is their only title uh, released at, as of this point that I'm aware of. Uh, the game has literally been on my Steam wish list for probably going on like six or seven years i think i first heard about this in like 2016 wow. I, I just heard about it like recently <laughs> it has been on my my steam wish list for ages i've been following the the composer of the game for ages on youtube he's uploaded tons of music over the years and finally the game came out and uh it is a hundred percent worth the wait gravity circuit is no uh you know, wears its inspiration on its sleeve. It is not shy that it is inspired heavily by Mega Man. Uh, it is a game that has you starting out as a character who is a, a member of a group of guardians that are protecting this city. And then for some reason, all of the guardians start to turn against the city. And you, uh, as the gravity circuit, there are various different circuits that have other different abilities. There's the, I think, a sound circuit and a frost circuit. You are the gravity circuit. Um, you're the only one who seems to be still, you know, doing good, quote unquote. So you have an introductory stage. You play through that level. Uh, basically, the best way to boilerplate this game is it's like playing a classic Mega Man game, except instead of shooting bullets, you actually are doing physical hand-to-hand -hand combat. So it has wall climbing it has sliding it has uh, you know all the kind of feel of a Mega Man game but you're you're brawling you can do you know multiple hit combos you can do uppercuts you can do different kinds of special moves and uh, all the while you're earning these little uh, these little chips that you can use as currency so you beat the first level and then you get to the actual main base and then once you're in the base of operations there's all sorts of different characters there um, you gain access to your stage select your your you know very classic stage select kind of screen where you have eight different levels that you can choose to play in whatever order um, every time that you beat a level you don't get that that boss's power like Mega Man, but instead it unlocks two new upgrades that you're able to buy in the shop that are related to the boss that you just beat. You don't have to buy them at all. Uh, there's also generic upgrades that you can buy that are not tied to a specific boss. Um, you're able to equip your character with up to four different super moves that are all triggered by either pressing up, down, left, right, or neutral, and your special button, so you can outfit yourself with all sorts of different special moves to use at any time. You can also equip your character with three pieces of gear, which will do things like give you a double jump, make it so that way uh, you take less damage from spikes, make it so that you are able to, uh, you know, fall slower if you hold the jump button, all kinds of different quality of life stuff to kind of suit whatever sort of feeling you're, you're having. Uh, like I said, I've been following the the composer for the game for a while. His name is Dominic Ninmark, and uh, his music is incredibly good. I mean, this game has an absolutely awesome soundtrack. Just about every game I've heard him do music for, I've I've really loved. Uh, other games that come to mind are Mighty Goose, uh, which is a Metal Slug style game where you play as a goose in a mech suit. 
the soundtrack for that game was excellent. And uh, he also did a breakout style adventure game called Strikey Sisters, which is very similar to like Arkanoid, uh, but with like a bit of an anime twist to it. And his soundtrack for that game is literally what made me start following him because it was that good. Uh, but Gravity Circuit is no exception. Um, amazing music. It plays incredibly well. Very, very tight control. Super fun and satisfying to play. Um, the levels have replay value big time, like a Mega Man X game or a Mega Man game might, because you have every level has eight um, hostages that you can rescue. Uh, the more hostages you rescue, the more upgrade points you get. And actually, each stage has one hostage that's a super like special one that will actually go back to the main base and become a new character that hangs out at the base. Um, and so that's kind of like a fun thing to try and make sure you're finding. You can find permanent health upgrades. You can find permanent upgrades to your special meter. Uh, it's a ton of fun. Um, I got to play it a little bit last weekend when I was feeling under the weather, and uh, I, I played through maybe three or four levels and honestly just had an amazingly great time the whole time. Uh, you can play Gravity Circuit on just about everything, the Nintendo Switch, the PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, it's on Windows, it's on Linux, it's on Mac. Uh, you can get this game just about anywhere. Uh, so I highly recommend it. Uh, I believe it... Uh, Retailed for the reasonable price of $17, which is uh, totally worth it. Um, and I, I highly recommend it. So, yeah, check that out. Looks nice. Gravity yeah. Circuit. Awesome. Dude's got way no feet. cheaper than a flagship. Oh, yeah, way cheaper than the USS flag. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> but your friends can't sleep on Gravity Circuit. That is true. That is and true. you shouldn't sleep on Gravity You shouldn't sleep on it, yeah. Don't yeah. sleep on Gravity Circuit. In fact, wake on Gravity yeah, Circuit. Go, go get that shit. Go and before it. we before we leave, I do have to say the name of the giant pig is the Intellidont. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. That uh, sounds made it's up. <laughs> more more colloquially <laughs> known as the Hell Pig. 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 Oh. Or Evil Pumbaa. You can be or a big pig Pumba. too. But if you look up Hell Pig, you'll find the Intellidont. Right. Hell yeah. Right. All right, awesome guys. That this is this turned out really, really well. Um, so I know usually, uh, well, we haven't been doing like promos or anything like that, but uh, we do have a a little announcement to make, and uh, it's a sad big, one. very big announcement. Very, very, yeah, very big. Uh, unfortunately, I am stepping down as host for Retro Octopus. Um, I just don't have the energy and the 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 concentration that it takes to to host or just be a part of the show anymore. So I won't I'll still be a part of Retro Octopus in other ways. Like I'll still you know upload videos. I'll still be involved with uh the Facebook page and I'll still do like the crow's nest or whatever. Just not the mainline episodes. Mm -hmm. I'm still involved. Yep. And, and we do have a host, a new host lined up, but we will not announce who that is just yet um they'll be announced in uh in due time so uh so I, i've really enjoyed these last five years and uh and of course you know just hanging out with my my buddies and all that so that's it's 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 been fun but oh, it's yeah. time to it's time to uh yeah you know, it's been five years that's absolutely been, uh, dude you gotta you gotta time. do what's what's right for you yeah, and uh, i'm 
I'm honestly just thrilled that you're still going to be, you know, a part of stuff and, you know, it's not just going to be like a all set kind of situation uh, because it is really fun getting to have, you know, uh, you a part of it and you've done awesome stuff with like some of the videos and everything that you've done. And yeah, I mean, all that stuff is just super great. So it's, yeah. it's way healthier and better to just be able to move forward in a way that suits your needs mm -hmm. And um, right. and then just kind of do everything you know around that for the show. But yeah, uh, I'm happy yeah, I got to do a show with you, Joe. Like that. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I'm happy. Too. I'm glad you finally got to be on. So this was this was a, an awesome like last minute decision. So that's that's not, I wouldn't say last minute. We've I mean, known for like a couple of days, but it's still cool. I'm glad I'm glad you yeah. came on. So this is yeah. The de the decision that. being being Stephanie, not. You leave, right? Yeah, no, Steph no. coming yeah. on was a couple of days <laughs> yeah. ago, right? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you you had a very well thought out. I, I was, <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. a quick choice. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> You're like, hmm, opportunistic, <laughs> Stephanie. Right. But it was. You know, I want to. I want. I want to thank Greeny for being on the show. Uh, so it, it, it's been it's been fun. I it love has. Hearing, uh, you did a great job. Oh, Excellent job. You. Yeah. So was this your first you podcast did. or? So this was my first podcast like this in this um, level. When I sang the national anthem last summer, they had me do a quick interview on a podcast oh, yeah. for that. Oh, okay. That's that's the closest. Okay. And I didn't, I don't even think I like I never heard that podcast afterwards. Yeah, they, they never like sent any it. information about that. Yeah, oh, weird. but weird. so the, the, technically, I have a podcast out there somewhere with my voice and some interview questions. But this was the first time that I've done this. Nice. Right. Well, you, you kicked ass in this episode. Yeah, so. I think Thank so too. You. I was very happy to be a part of it. I had a great time. Yeah. 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 Cool. No, it's, awesome. it's I'm it, glad. it really is great to have another voice and uh you're just you're just like very knowledgeable and you know, nerdy and like, you know, can spout on and on and on about the things that you love and that's like it's our what whole we bag. need. Yeah, that's exactly the whole bag. So. For the record, I am not. I'm not the new person on the show. For, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I am not the third teammate coming on. I am. I am a special guest. I'm showing up today. But you <laughs> are welcome back anytime. anytime. I would love to come back and do some more with you guys. Awesome. And Joe, Joe, obviously, anytime you're feeling it, uh, you know, I still hope that we're going to keep your tradition of themes from a memory going and that maybe you'll come back and host uh, a themes from memory six possibly yeah i fun. think that would be super fun Absolutely. yeah everyone always loves come those they're like time to time on mainline episodes yeah that'd be fine yeah that'd be fun but um but yeah anytime you know you you, you lined up that awesome interview with um the band of romulus which was really great it's such yeah. super fun that came up wicked good rig and uh yeah i mean if you ever find that you know there's some other band because you're so plugged into that scene that you just want to talk to just in like this is an excuse always welcome to just yeah just throw them in the brig and you can run it and do it yourself if you want or we can help you or whatever right. anytime right. it the we're here the format is here um our house is your house still that that doesn't change and right you know obviously i hope that you know you stepping away is helpful for you know your state of mind and you know everything it's just you know i, th I think what we're realizing is that you know this was just one more thing to worry about and that's obviously not what we want we don't right. want the, the show to be something that is also adding stress right. so you know that that's 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 not what it should be 
Right. Right. So, you know, totally understand and everything. Right. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, I also, I just want to add that this is not my last episode. Oh, right. Right. <laughs> so oh, okay. This is not <laughs> my last episode. So There's one I, more. I'm sticking. Yeah. You, so you'll be on the, yeah, a few, but you have one more to host. I have one more to host and that'll be it. Yep. So, yep. yeah. Yeah. So I'm here for the rest of the year. Then, then that's it. Mm -hmm. so, and I think on maybe on your next episode we can officially announce who the uh, replacement yes. is. So it, like in three episodes from now, so yes. six weeks. Yeah, so in November, go. in November, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think right. that would be a good time. Yeah, Great. so that works that, out well. All right, yeah. all right. So that wraps up the episode. If you haven't jumped ship by now, we certainly hope you enjoyed this week's journey over the treacherous waters of all the things that made growing up awesome if you like what you've heard please hit that little subscribe button and like us on facebook and twitter as well as being part of the new br podcast network retro dog Quest is still a full-fledged member of the dorking podcast network so if you get a chance please check out our sister shows like epic tales from the sewers throwdown thursday and splash pages for more information or to subscribe to any of these great shows please visit the and be sure to check out our killer sponsors over at Deadly Grounds Coffee, Coffee to Die For. I have been your host for the second to last time, Nintendo. Have a good one. For more shows like the one you just heard, check out the Dorkening Podcast Network at thedorkening.com.